This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by David McDonald's. David, how was your trip back home? Trip back home, as we uh, discussed a few moments ago, was um, it was bumpy. I mean, look, I, I hated every fucking second of it, but it is what it is. And I just, you know what, I'm, I'm in the plane and it's like hour seven and you're just kind of in a zone of uh, just get me home. And I, I always think about like, wrestlers the how they do it all the time and i'm getting off a plane and just kind of you know saying hi to friends and family again and i have jet lag and all that stuff but these guys get in the ring like i'm I'm looking at like online and i see like zach in england you know wrestling Pac, and i'm like i I can't even I, i can't even function and he's getting in the ring so I know. Look, I know, Joel. You told me that we got some positive feedback on the last show, and I really appreciate that. I really do. That 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 means a lot to me. Um, but and I'm dead serious. And I told you before we even opened, it's the the pot at the end of the rainbow is so worth the the struggles. And I don't want it to come across as some. Again, I'm flying across the world to go watch pro wrestling. Oh, poor pity me. But you know, not for nothing. It's it is like traveling is the is really a it just takes my mental anxieties to a to an 11 and it's just it at all like and then when you don't have a seat and you're flying standby and all that just everything so uh but it's so worth it it's the, the pot at the end of the rainbow as i like to say so um i'm good i hope hopefully it influences somebody and hopefully it changes somebody's mind and hopefully it pushes somebody to save their pennies and pounds and yen and or whatever monetary uh um, currencies you use in your country save up go because it is so fucking worth it now i've got a lot of wrestling t-shirts damon too many to mention and i had a really difficult choice when it came to wrestle kingdom of which t-shirt to wear not only at my wrestling t-shirts but i also have my super jcast t-shirts and in the end i made the choice for wrestle kingdom to wear my zack saber jr t-shirt uh about the one underlying hatred of the British Conservative Party, which probably my favourite T-shirt at the moment, which was sent to me by awesome listener, Connell. And he's got a question for us. And, you know, I'd like to get you warmed up with something a bit bit fluffy before we tackle the hot topics of the week. So what are yours and Damon's favourite films and your guilty pleasure film? Mm. So we all know that that I'm the not the biggest movie guy. But with that said... The movies that I do enjoy um, and have watched, and guilty pleasure-wise, um, I do have like five that like legit. I feel like I can quote many lines, and they are absolutely favorites, and almost to the tune of any time that they're on TV, um, even if they're in, in in poor quality, like they're you know they're edited or they're you know all the all the dirty language is taken out. I'll still watch it just because they're good. So I don't know if I have a favorite, 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 favorite movie, but like I'll give you top three and then I'll give you a guilty pleasure. How's that sound? Um, 
Goodfellas is is top of the list. There is not every scene in Goodfellas is tremendous to me. Like I just I love that fucking movie so much. Um and me and my my friends will quote it all the time. So Goodfellas probably like for a serious movie, top of the list. Um and then there are like eighties kind of like those coming of age movies that, you know, every eighties guy and gal know. Um so Fast Times Ridgemont High um is another one where I just a fucking favorite and then like um Caddyshack and I guess um I guess another John Hughes. Now I watched on the plane and I don't watch movies on the plane. Um which my wife thinks is is absolutely insane but I, I can't watch a movie. No, on you're, plane. you're correct. I'll tell you why because yeah. you watch a movie on a plane it's uh, censored and edited. So yeah. I would rather watch the full thing than watch the bit with all the the good bits taken out. Yeah. Yeah, but I just can't focus on it like any little turbulence, I lose my train of thought. So, like, so imagine fourteen hours of turbulence on a flight. My head's just constantly spinning. Like, oh my god, oh my god. Um, so I can't. I don't really pay attention to the movie. Anyway, um, I watched uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> so of all the movies that were there, I watched the movie that I've seen seven hundred and fifty times. So Ferris Bueller's Day Off is, is another. Uh, I guess those are guilty pleasures. I guess because nobody really kind of puts. The, I don't know. Do people like Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Like, do, do, have you ever watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Yeah, I have. I okay. liked it. Okay. All right. So that's 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 a that's a Damon Wheelhouse kind of movie. That and do you ever see Fast Times? No. No. Okay. It's in the list. That's a yeah. It's a it's an eighties movie. It's it's you know it's all about living in, in the eighties and it's kind of like it was kind of like one of the first coming-of-age movies, and the music, you know, and the, like, Damone is, is a jerk-off, but he's my favorite character in all the whole movie. Uh, and that's Sean Penn. Like, so Sean Penn kind of got his start in that movie. He was Jeff Spicoli, the surfer dude. Um, and then you've seen Goodfellas, right? Yes. Yeah, great movie. Just, just, ugh. So, so, again, every scene is so amazingly memorable. Um, so, there you go. How about you? You, you're, you a big movie guy? Yeah, okay, top three, in no particular order, Robocop, which is an underrated masterpiece, uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, which always makes me laugh, uh, I could probably recite that whole film from memory, and the original 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Wow, which is just amazing and has aged really, really well, despite having absolutely no blood or gore receiving the rating that it did people always are convinced that oh yeah it's disgusting it's really violent and gory but it isn't really uh yeah i didn't know that like there's no gore in it no there's like very very little blood like a few sort of drops here and there but it's all done through the power of suggestion and really good uh shooting camera work i didn't uh guilty pleasure uh i really like arnold schwarzenegger films Uh, last action hero um total recall Total Recall, brilliant. I love Total Recall. Same director as Robocop, Paul Verhoeven. And my number one guilty pleasure, probably The Running Man. And I think there's something about The Running Man which taps into what I love as a pro wrestling fan as well. I think there's a big crossover between people who love pro wrestling and people who watch The Running Man. You know, you've got the costumes and the gimmicks and the you know special techniques and all that stuff and the violence. There's, I think it really taps into the kind of stuff that I dig as a wrestling fan. I'm trying to think. Did I ever see Running Man? 
I may have because here's the thing. I used to work like when I was in, um, you know, growing up. One of my first jobs was at a movie theater, so I was like a guy. I was like an usher, so I was the guy that like ripped your ticket, you know. So when you went into the theater and, um, and that was the t- that was like Total Recall was like the big summer movie that year. So I remember that, and I remember the first Batman. Like the first Batman was crazy busy at that theater. Um, I, actually, I like the Dark Knight, the one with um, is it Heath Ledger as the Joker? That one yes. really, that one's fucking tremendous. So I can get into that. I'm trying to think, like what I, what would be the most current movie I sat down and watched? <laughs> Fuck, I no, maybe Deadpool. Maybe Deadpool was was the the one movie that I, I've seen in the past. I'm serious. Three years, four years. I don't. I just don't. I can't go to the movie theater. I hate going to a movie theater. Like sitting with people and hearing them eat, ugh, chewing on popcorn and then talk. I just hate it. Oh, never. I never enjoy going to the movies. I feel like a, I feel like an old man just wagging my finger. I just. I. I don't like that at all. It just stinks. The whole experience. Yeah, I'd much rather watch stuff at home, but. Uh... I think when we finally get a translated version of the Tallahassee film, My Dad is a Heel Wrestler, we'll have to both watch that and discuss it on the show. I, I would definitely I, I would watch that just for the just for the laughs. Because those things are usually pretty pretty awful. Do you ever see the Liger movie? Uh what is it? The No. Oh God, it is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. First of all, you know, it's Liger doing the wrestling scenes. Um, but then it's a guy who who looks like Juventud Guerrero <laughs> who plays Liger, um, and oh, it is so hokey and just so silly and just awful. And I think I have it. I'll send it to you. I'm, I I I know I have it. I just got to find it on one of the hard drives. Um, it is it it's it is a total waste of at least an hour of your of your life that you'll always regret never having again watching this film. God, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, The Room, of course. That is, that's another guilty pleasure with Tommy Wiseau, the, the greatest worst film ever made. That is another one of my favourites, which uh, I'm assuming you haven't seen, but no. I think you have to. Every time I make a new friend, I force them to sit down and watch The Room, so that's What's coming it about? at give some us, point, give David. Us, give us the uh, too-long-didn't-read version. Uh, it is a powerful drama with romance and friendship, betrayal, covering the full spectrum of human emotions it's a masterpiece <laughs> and i don't throw that word. <laughs> just, I don't know. Uh, you lost me on on like drama no, it, okay it, it's a film that's so bad and so terrible but unintentionally so that it ended up being many people's favorite film ever and really? it's got this huge cult following just because of how terrible it is wow okay all right well, that now i'm a little bit more interested i, I don't know like I like Bill Murray films too. I like um, oh, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters is good. I like Ghostbusters, but I'm a more of a I'm more of a meatballs kind of guy. <laughs> you ever see Meatballs? No, I haven't. Where he's at, he's the camp counselor. No, I've never heard of that. Never no. heard. Of it. It's like his first movie. Like it was before Ghostbusters. Um, yeah, he's a camp counselor, and uh, the kid is a little shy kid who uh, he makes friends with in the camp, uh, played by the great Chris Makepeace. The only reason I know him is because he played also uh, literally the same character in a movie called My Bodyguard um, that I used to watch every day. When I first got cable, 
<laughs> like my bodyguard was on every day. So I, I watched my bodyguard every day. Um, that fucking movie. Chris Makepeace. Because he looked like Nick Rhodes of Duran Duran without the makeup. So I was like, ah, I like this guy. Uh, it always goes back to Duran Duran. You know that? It really does. It really does. Yeah, we still didn't do our, our Bond thing. We'll have to save that for April. Yeah, yeah. We, that, yeah. We, I, I remember sitting at Cork and Hall and I lean over to you and I go, we need to do the Bond off. Like, next time, next time. Like, All right, we got it. All right, uh, good good movie talk there. I feel like uh, Siskel and Ebert uh, <laughs> talking movies. But we, we do a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast, Joe. I don't know if you know that. The fans tune into us every week to hear our hot takes. And it's Fantastic-a-mania, so there won't be any hot takes. <laughs> Fantastic Amelia. What's that? Never heard of it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you're in for a treat if you haven't. Um, It's uh, the CMLL uh, and New Japan partnership they do every year. And the thing about it is, is it's like you're so high off of Wrestle Kingdom and so high off of Dash. And then they go into this little little bucket, you know, for a couple of weeks of – snowplows just went by my house. It's snowing here, by the way. Um, we're plowing the streets uh, at 8 o'clock in the morning. It's it's just this little thing that they do every year, and that's it means nothing. It, it means nothing to the, to, the, to the New Japan Pro Wrestling calendar year. So it's like they hit pause, they do this stuff, and then they, they start it up again with New Beginning. And it just feels like, ah, oh, you're so high off of Wrestle Kingdom, you want to continue on. And then you get Fantastic Mania, which, again, I always complain about every year. People are kind of rolling their eyes at this point because they hear the same song and dance from me every fucking year. But it's just I, that's that's the one thing I just I'm high. I, I want to talk like New Japan, and and then I got to hit the pause button. Yeah, I did actually start watching the first show because it was on live. I was sitting there and I thought I'll, I'll just tune in for a bit, but then. I realised I don't hate myself that much yet, so <laughs> I decided to just get on with my life. Um, but we could pretend that we've watched them. No, uh, I, yeah, the matches they they were mostly fine. They were they were all right. Right. I don't think that there is anything like how boring would it be? Not to say that the first fifteen minutes of the show hasn't been for some people, but who cares? We do it for us. Um, it's uh, you know, there's only so many times you can say it was it was a good match, three stars. I mean, the the final two or three nights are usually pretty good. I'll, I'll give you that. So I would uh, we will definitely talk more as the tour progresses. But there's plenty more news and there's plenty more um, interesting takes and and thoughts and and where this company is going because. You know, truth be told, I'm more excited now than I've been in, in in quite a while with the direction of the company and everything that's going on behind the scenes. I find that to be a lot more interesting than talking about Atlantis Junior in a multi man tag match. I'm going to say one thing: there was a really funny post match interview with Taichi and Kanemaru and the, the Luchador they were tagging with. I'm sorry, I don't know who it was, but it was the funniest thing because they were saying. Uh, all these luchadors look the same. Did we win the match? I don't even know who we're tagging with. I, I'm not sure what happened there, and I found that really funny. And they, they they came to interview the luchador, and he was just like, "Sorry, I don't speak Japanese." Arigato. And then Taichi sort of like poked him and said, "No, you got to talk more than that." It's really good. 
I'm going to put it up on the Twitter because you should go and watch that. Okay, here, here is an interesting question about Fantastic Mania. We'll touch on this before we move on. Uh, Tyler says, could New Japan be using Fantastic Mania as an audition for the best of Super Juniors? Or do you think they've already got that mapped out, who they're going to be calling for that? No, I think if somebody impresses and somebody um, has the availability with their schedule in, in the summertime, I, sure, it absolutely can be an, an audition. And here's the thing, they're going to have some openings, right? They're, they'll, uh, I, I know that there, there was uh, some talk online about how, you know, the best of the Super the Juniors, you know, especially with the finals and in, in, in Sumo Hall, Ray Goku, uh, you know, it's, it's going to have to be, I don't want to say more interesting, because I think last year's was interesting. And I think the previous two or three have been very interesting. Uh, it's going to have to be a, a buzzworthy. The buzz will have to be buzzable with that. So, uh, it, yeah, to answer the question, I think uh, all of them are on display and could very well be, be fighting for the open spots in Best of the Super Junior. Sure. Okay, well, we do have a few questions about Best of the Super Juniors, but we'll circle back to that later. Um, next question here. Nicole says, how badly do you regret tempting fate when at the end of the last episode you said you'd hold off on questions because this will be a light news week? It wasn't a new uh, a light news week at all, Damon. There's loads of news to discuss. We've got all elite wrestling. We've got rumours about Kenny Omega. Uh, we've got stuff going on with Ring of Honor. We've got stuff going on with... Um, Ibushi, we've got stuff going on with Kushida, rumours about Sanada, we've got new beginning cast to talk about, so let's get straight on, and I thought we'd start with All Elite Wrestling, because they had their big rally earlier on in the week, so officially we've obviously got the Young Bucks, Hangman Page and Cody signing, we also had announced Chris Jericho, Pac, SoCal Uncensored, Strong Hearts, or Good Hearts as they, was called, uh, as they were called during the rally joey janella brandy rhodes Britt baker and penelope ford they announced double or nothing their next show for may 25th in the mgm grand garden arena in vegas they also announced a working relationship with oriental wrestling entertainment in china which is very exciting and there's also rumors of a ddt wrestle one pwg and AAA partnership and something going on on february the 8th because there was a an independent wrestler who was forced to pull out of a booking then who cited aew as the reason that they had to do that so, what, what do you make of this all? Do you think this is... Well, I'm going to go to a question here. Brian says, uh, there's a good chunk of people claiming AEW is a bigger threat to NJPW than AEW is a threat to WWE or ROH slash Impact, etc. What's your take on this? I, I just think it's weird that it's not concrete that there is a working relationship with New Japan, right? Considering all the parties that are involved. Now, again, you, you rattled off a lot of different promotions and a lot of different you know names um, that weren't New Japan, which is again I, I just considering the people that are involved and where they were and where they've come from and and the buildings that they've worked and the people that they've worked with, you would think that that relationship would be solid, and it doesn't appear to be. I don't feel like uh, All Elite is necessarily a threat to New Japan here in the States yet. Yet. I th- I, I, if I'm Ring of Honor, I'd be a little bit more concerned, even though it, apparently New Japan is saddling up more with Ring of Honor. 
That's that's what we're hearing. Whether it's that's true or not, I don't know. I just find it hard. Yeah, to- so I, I would. Sorry, I'll jump in with this because Wrestling Observer says that New Japan has made the decision to work with Ring of Honor and not to work with All Elite. So right. that's what we've heard so far. Right, and again, things can change. At, at you know, in pro wrestling, as we all are well aware. But again, I just I just think that the parties involved. Um, I don't know if there's bad blood or bad feelings or what what the case is, but I would think that that would be the easiest and most solid working relationship. Now, maybe it's a case of New Japan saying, you know what, we're going to do our own thing. Like that was the goal from the jump, and if you're going to do your all elite thing, then you do that. But you know, it's it's we're going to do our own thing, um, and maybe it's just. Hey, we're going to be friendly with Ring of Honor, and uh, until this Madison Square Garden show, and then we're we're out skis. Um, it could simply be that. I, again, Omega, Bucks, Cody, Hangman Page, uh, all these names that you mentioned are all people who really have built their name on the New Japan brand, um, or have at least helped significantly uh, with with their name. So I don't know. Uh, look, I don't think New Japan needs All Elite more than All Elite might possibly need, 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 need New Japan. But there's some people that think just the opposite, right? There's people that think that, you know, that, you know, New Japan's entry into the United States is based off of Kenny and Bucks and blah, blah, blah and that's it. It's cut and dry. Um, I don't know. Something, something just doesn't seem right to me, especially if you consider the fact that I still think Kenny Omega is one. I, I I think he goes with all elite, right? I don't think I don't think he's WWE bound. I really don't. Um, and I and I just see what has happened in the past couple of days with uh, Kenny and talking to Tokyo Sports and all that stuff. That just seems like we've been here before. Um, with Kenny and contract situations and all that, I just don't see why he wouldn't, you know, work all elite and still work big shows for New Japan. That that I, unless of course WWE is the the money was so enticing that um, he couldn't he couldn't walk away from it. Yeah, we will come to the Kenny uh, discussion very very soon. Uh, Chuck asked a question, ideas or thoughts on an NJPW and AEW partnership and could would it affect the MSG NJPW ROH show? Now, I think that's the big sticking point here because whilst everything's up in the air about AEW and they don't have confirmed public TV deals and stuff like that in place, then I don't see why New Japan would say would throw their lot in with them, basically, and given that ROH and Sinclair helped them get their foot in the door with this Madison Square Garden show, to me, it's a no-brainer that, for now, at least, they say that they're going to be sticking with Ring of Honor. So I don't expect anything to be announced in terms of working together with New Japan until after the MSG show. And then after that, who knows? I mean, it wouldn't shock me if sometime following that we get uh, an all-elite invasion of New Japan or something to that effect. Because I think it would benefit both companies to continue to work together. Yeah, it uh, you know again it's they're you know you know what it feels like to me. Um, it feels like you're in between relationships, right? 
I'm sure you've been here, Joel, you handsome guy. You've been here. You can relate with this. Uh, let's say that you ha- you're going out with a uh, young lady and uh, things are okay, but then you meet somebody else and you really like, wow, this, this girl is fantastic and um, I'm totally digging her and it seems like she digs me. But I still got to go to this wedding or this big event that we had planned or this something that with this other girl, right? You still like her. You got to go to this, but you're really smitten with this other one, right? And that's what it feels like is happening now. I really feel like New Japan wants to have a working relationship with All, uh, all Elite. And I, and I, and I, but I just think they can't show their cards on that quite yet, right? They don't want to upset ring of honor who they got to take to the wedding right so um maybe you know maybe it's just posturing at this point but i i really find it hard to believe that again with the people that are involved with that company that something can't be worked out some kind of working relationship won't be worked out between both companies now we know that okada is uh very good friends with the young bucks and he's appeared on being the elite and of course he was an integral part of the all-in show do you think his influence is going to be significant at some point when it comes to possibly brokering a deal between New Japan and All Elite? I think at the end of the day, there are like a handful of people within New Japan that have that stroke, right? Tanahashi being one of them, Okada being the other one, maybe, maybe Naito. But I think between, like if Tanahashi wants something, I think it gets done. If Okada wants something, it gets done. Um I, 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 you know, I, I just think of the talent that's on that side. Like, let me ask you this. You're New Japan. Who do you want to work with? Who's the company that you want to work with? You want to work with Jay Lethal and F- Flip Gordon and uh, The Kingdom? Or do you want to work with Kenny, The Bucks, Cody, and Hangman Page? Yeah, is that a rhetorical question, or do you want a response from me? I I do. I mean, I I know they were throwing their lot. Uh, they were putting a lot of weight behind Hangman Page in the G One. He got clean wins over Makabe. Got clean win over Suzuki. They were giving him a lot, so they definitely saw something in him. So it would seem strange for them to just cut bait and be like, "Oh, okay, well, we're not going to use you again." Right, right. I mean that the whole. I I, I again. All right. Well then. Let's go one step further. Do you see what? Where do you see this fitting in? Do you think this is just an after April Madison Square Garden Ring of Honor thing, and they they move on? And I think I really think that also. I think New Japan is kind of not. They're kind of seeing where all elite lands. Right again. There's a lot of talk and a lot of speculation, but really, there's there, there's one show that they've announced. They've announced a bunch of people signing, and trust me, they got names. They got buzz too. You know, signing Chris Jericho. That's a that's a pretty big deal. Um, and Jericho, it seems like. Correct me if I'm wrong. You know, has hinted that he's not done with New Japan. So. Um, and 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 all elite wrestlers are free to work other dates. It seems like um, with their dates taking priority. But again, the only thing that's concrete right now is 
one show and a bunch of signings. Now, there's assumptions that there's big TV deals in the making, and you would think that that would be in the works, right? And there are assumptions of lots of things, but nothing's concrete. So again, I think maybe New Japan is just kind of take, taking a wait-and-see approach before they say, okay, we're, we're committed 100% to working with this company that really is five days old. Yeah, I don't see working with All Elite or working with Ring of Honor as mutually exclusive. Like, Can't they all just get along? Could you see a partnership between All Elite and Ring of Honor? Could uh, they be working together at some point? That's, I think that's the sticking point. I, 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 it would behoove them to, I would think, I, I, would, I would think that for both parties, it would be um, beneficial to a certain degree. From a fan perspective, it would. I'm not 100% sure if it would be from a business perspective in the sense of, all right, who gets put over, who doesn't. Like, I'm sure the booking would be just a nightmare, right? Um, this guy's on this show. That might be tough. Again, from a fan perspective, yeah, it makes sense. Why wouldn't they? But from a, a business perspective, as much as you would think that working together would make both money, you'd be surprised how egos and bullshit like that get in the way. And that might be a little bit tough. Well, it's interesting you brought up Jericho because he did post something on his Instagram with hashtag not going away, which, as you said, hints that he will be working with New Japan again in the future. So we, I suspect, will get some wrestlers, maybe the high-profile ones, who will be working all elite and work in New Japan, so allowed to work both promotions because I can't see anyone being signed to exclusive deals as it stands. Uh, optimistic Kelly Omega fan says, "What does uh, who does Jericho feud with next? Do you see him working with Okada, Tanahashi, Suzuki or Jay White? Do you see him winning the cup? So Jericho, he's going to stick around in New Japan and what do you see him doing? Kind of what he's been doing already. Big, Bigger shows, you know, maybe two or three shows a year. Um, High pro, higher profile, um, I would think, right? I mean, if you're Chris Jericho, I don't think that you want to sit there and, and you know, you're, you're not going after the David Finleys of the world. No no offense to David Finley. So no, he, he challenged Tanahashi, didn't he, in the yeah. post-match after yeah. the Dome? Yeah. So, you know, I think once the Jay White situation settles down, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Chris in, with, with Tanahashi. Um, it's going to be a bigger name, I think. I don't think he's there to, he's there to put over bigger stars as opposed to make new stars. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I could see a Jericho versus Tanahashi match at Madison Square Garden, non-title, obviously, because Tanahashi won't be champion by then. <laughs> so yeah, th- that would make total sense to me. You liked you like the idea of. Um... You you threw this was this last week or I know I heard it from you. You like the idea of uh, Chris and Jay White? Uh, I'm not oh, sure about that. You, you softened anymore. up. On I that think one a bit? Right. I, I've softened up. I, I'm going to go into my big Jay White spiel at some point, but I'm basically I'm convinced he's winning the title. But it, he would face the New Japan Cup winner. You would think, which I've got a feeling it could be Naito. Naito taking the belt off of Jay White at MSG? What, what do you think about that? 
Wow, that's a lot of title changes in one calendar year for the, for the big boy belt. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't think I don't think I don't think that you see a title change at Madison Square Garden. I don't think you see a title change at Madison Square Garden. Not not for the not for the big boy belt. Maybe you know smaller belts. Yeah, sure. But I don't I don't know because again I'm I'm in your camp here. And, and again, I know we're going to get into it, but. You know, there's there's a reason Jay White is is having this match at New Beginning, um, so I'm 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 in I'm in your corner on this one, but the Madison Square Garden show is really I don't want to say strange, but it'll be it'll I'm that's really makes these New Beginning shows really interesting to me, is that's going to set up what we see at Madison Square Garden. I think. For a lot of us, especially here in the West, for a lot of us, we have that date circled of of being super important, um, not only to the U.S. audience, but to the New Japan universe. Ooh, did I just say that? The New Japan universe uh, as a whole. I really do. I, th- I think a lot of people have that circled. All right, well, let's move on to the next uh, piece of news, which was this interview with Kenny Omega in Tokyo Sports that you mentioned where Kenny said, reflecting back on it, the Wrestle Kingdom match was about to decide the protagonist of New Japan. I take full responsibility for the loss. There's no real place for me to fit, so it's best for me not to be in New Japan. I can't be there working under Tanahashi. I don't think he's surpassed me. Don't think he's better. If we can, I want to face him again, but I need time away and not just from New Japan. Now, uh, being the elite also hinted that Kenny would be working with All Elite Wrestling at some point, but a lot of people took this interview at face value. Uh, Chris Charlton posted, Kenny Omega is leaving New Japan. Uh, but the whole thing just screams like a work, doesn't it? Surely this is just them building up a rebatch with Tad Hashi at some point. And as you said, it's just the, the Kenny Omega playbook. He did the exact same thing in 2017. And he's just trying to make sure that everyone's talking about him and... He is making him, his name as high profile as possible before those uh, renegotiations come around. It feels like it. I mean, it it, it seems like it. Like you said, it is the Kenny Omega playbook. Uh, Tokyo Sports is is pretty notorious for um, helping perpetuate storylines and and helping uh, promotions further their own cause to a certain degree. Uh, this example being another one. I, I'm the numbers that have been thrown around that that I've seen online are pretty astronomical. Right? There, they we joked about this many times on this very show about how Uncle Paul's going to be backing up the Brinks truck, a big big check with lots of zeros. Uh, that the numbers that are being thrown around are significant. Um, my my challenge with Kenny is this: is that if, and again, that's that's that that the num- the numbers that are being thrown around are life changing numbers, and to me, I would think every pro wrestler's dream, right? Big company, big stage, big push, big money, set up for life. We're good to go. Problem with Kenny is this, and this is above, and everybody will go back to, well, AJ has been successful in WWE, and, you know, Nakamura has 
and I'll put in air quotes, been successful. Depends on what your definition of successful is. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that, you know, there are others that people will point to, you know, that were the indie darlings that have been successful. Maybe a Kevin Owens or uh, Finn Balor or whomever. The difference between a lot of those guys that I just named and Kenny Omega is this. You know, and I don't know Kenny from Adam, but you know just on the surface, as well as I do, that one thing that doesn't go his way, and there's going to be a problem. He's going to get his feathers ruffled, and then we're going to have more. Like, there's not going to be an outlet that he can go to. He's not going to go to Tokyo Sports and bitch and moan. Because if he does that, he's getting pulled into the office and getting a finger wagon, right? He's not going to be happy there. It's just not. Money aside, money changes everything, as Cindy Lauper would say. Uh, but truth be told, it doesn't make you happy. It doesn't make you happy. I can't see him being happy there. And I think happiness for him is a huge career deciding uh, factor, right? Why wouldn't he go to All Elite? Again, he's, it's, it's his friends. Joel, your friends start a company, and it's a company and it's something that you are very good at, right? It's a, it's a skill that you have that you are one of the best in the world at, and your friends have started a company that focuses on that, right? You're going to be the big fish, you're going to have stroke. You can do what you want. And truth be told, may might not be as much money as you would make at wherever. I'll just throw a company name. IBM, right? But you're going to be happier. You know you're going to be happier. It's a no-brainer to me, right? You're going with your friends, right? Yeah, and also I think another thing that people haven't really talked about is the the grinds for working for WWE working those house shows and having to do Raw and SmackDown every week, that's really hard work. So there's no point in having all this money if you haven't got any time to spend it and enjoy it. Exactly. I mean, you could put it in the bank and spend it later, of course, which would be the wise thing to do. But, yeah, you're on the road 360 days out of the year. Uh, it's and, and again, the, maybe the matches themselves aren't as physically demanding as a Tokyo Dome main event. But the grind, as you described it, is, is you know, it's tough. It's not an easy thing. You, you are away from home more days than you are home. It's not, I, 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 it's not all it's cracked up to be. Again, the positives we've talked about a million times, they are the big wheel. They are, they will mark, you are instantly more recognizable and more of a star the minute you walk out on Raw. The second your music hits, you are instantly more famous than you were before. I don't know. I, I just I, I, I see the, the one positive of Kenny Omega outside the ring is that I've always said. As much as we kind of hand wave a lot of the outside the ring stuff, the man's got balls to do what he wants to do. That is one thing you can't take away from that guy. And I give him the utmost respect. He's got balls to do what he wants to do it may not always stick it may not always stick with us right but he's got the balls to fucking do what he wants to do and you can't take that away from him 
I think you lose that. You lose that going to the big boy company. Um, I and I put that in quotes, the big boy company. So I think he goes all elite. It still allows him to work New Japan dates. It still allows him to continue on with this Tanahashi thing, um, which I don't think is over. And and I think everybody wins in the end. That's really where I think everything falls. Yeah, I totally agree. So I've got a question on the Tanahashi Omega thing. Nicole says, is Tanahashi Omega 3 such a protected match that we'd only see it for Dominion or Wrestle Kingdom, or could we possibly see it as the main event of the G1 night in Dallas? Possibly. You know, that's something that's fallen under the radar. I mean, this is not a, from what I understand, this is not a G1 special, right? This is the opening night of G1, whether it be Block A, Block B, or however they're formatting it this year. Both, I would think. Yeah. So that is significant. That I, And I think that has fallen under the radar a little bit. Dallas, Texas, let's, let's, let's let this sink in a little bit here. Dallas, Texas, ladies and gentlemen, is opening G1. Not Nagoya. Not, uh, I'm trying to think of other, Fukuoka. Not Tokyo. Not Sapporo. Dallas, Texas is opening G1. That's exciting. That's that, And, and you're going to get good matches because the first night of G1 always usually delivers, right? That's, I mean, that's something where I'm, I'm going to that shit. I got to find a way to get there. I'll, I'll, I'll get on an airplane for that. Sure, that's a three-hour flight. I can handle that. No I problem. guess Fraser's going to go as well, doesn't he, if he wants to do his G1 thing again? Yeah, I mean, I talked to him uh, my last night there. We went to dinner. Uh, Fraser and and uh, our the, the the Australian kids who are just so great. They are they are. I mean, that night. Aside from the night we hung out, um, which was tremendously fun. Uh, that last night was so fun. Um, I got I got to tell you stories off the air about that one because um, I'm not comfortable sharing. But just we were. I, I mean, we were laughing so hard. Uh, just like visualizations I, that I see of of Frazier o- online. <laughs> just, I'm sorry, I'm talking in in code here, but it, just, it was just one of the fun. You know, you're having a dinner. We went to um, it was a, a tonkatsu steak. Um, it was unbelievable. Joel was unbelievable. Uh, you, it was just great. It's just and it was such a good time. Um, but yes, getting back to G1. Um. Yeah, I mean, if he's going to do all the G1s, I I expect a flight from him. Um, and we'll show him a good Texas good time. So, uh, yeah, G1, Dallas, Texas, let that sink in for a little bit. Um, will we see Tanahashi Omega there? That's not a bad, that's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. have got 20,000 tickets to sell for that. Yeah. Yeah, you would think they, you would think that they would want Kenny Omega help with that one. Twenty thousand. It's a big building. I was there for. I was there for the uh, NHL All Star game when it was in Dallas. I was. I know the arena. Um. Hmm. And the thing about that arena is really cool is that they have this whole big pavilion. Um. So you could spend all day in that area. It's really nice. Um. Kenny Tanahashi, G one. That that sounds pretty sexy to me. I, I like. I like the sound of that, Nicole. As far as the rest of that car goes, do you think it's just going to be... Well, my suggestion was as A block and B block 
and then you just get 10 straight singles matches. Do you think that's something we're likely to see? No, I can't imagine that. I think they have to be a one, an A or a B. Because here's the, here's the problem. And I don't know the, the exact dates of, of the G1 tour, but they got to fly everybody in there. And then they got to fly them back, right? Um, you would think that they would have some little little warm-up thing. It wouldn't just be just Dallas. Like they're not just flying to Dallas and then flying home. I would think that they would spend a week here or something like that, like little setup dates. If I'm not mistaken, I did hear some scuttlebutt about that. Um, I don't know where. I don't know times. I don't know dates. But I did hear something about that. So it's not just going to be plop them in Dallas and then get them the fuck out. Um, that's a lot of talent you're, you're flying in. So I would think it would be one crew. I'm, I'm thinking it would be just one crew. I could be dead wrong. But um, I think you're going to see you know, like, a, like a typical G1 show where you see um, lots of six-man tags lots of multi-man tags, and then uh, three or four block matches to open up. David says, now that we know Jericho's contract allow him to work for NJPW and All Elite, do you guys think that Kenny will be getting a similar deal to work with both promotions, or is that just wishful thinking on my part because I really want to see a rematch with Tanahashi at MSG for the title? So, yeah, I'm sure Kenny will end up working for both companies. Now, I, would I don't know so much about Kenny versus Tanahashi at MSG. What about Kenny versus Jay White at MSG? Kenny comes back, wins the New Japan Cup, challenges Jay White for the title at Madison Square Garden. Uh, yeah. See, this is what makes it interesting, and this is why I love. This is when I when I really get into a promotion when people suggest different scenarios, and I'm not like, "No, that's ridiculous. No, that'll never happen." The everything that people are suggesting to us. It's absolutely on the table because it would make sense, right? Kenny kind of getting revenge on Jay White a, a bit, right? Kenny uh, with a redemption story. Again, it all make, it makes sense. Um, Tanahashi. The problem here, though, is I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this out loud. A lot of this is hinging on Kenny Omega. A lot of these ideas that we're getting are hinged on him agreeing to work with New Japan. Again, I feel like that's the case. I feel like that's the best scenario. I feel like him working bigger New Japan shows would would make sense, and him working all elite. But nothing is set in stone. He could he we it could be announced the second we up we send this to editor Dan. He you know does his magic uploads, and two seconds later it's Kenny Omega signs with WWE. Could happen, right? Um, I don't think it will, but um, a lot of these scenarios that people are pitching is based off of Kenny sticking around, which we all kind of think will happen, but there's nothing set in stone. Let's move on to his golden lover, Kota Ibushi, who is confirmed as being out of a New Beginning tour. What does this mean? What's the significance of this? Tony says, uh, given Kota Ibushi's freelance status, can we assume he's in play to leave as well? Um, well, again, we all he's not signed, right? So we know that. Um, he legitimately had a concussion, from what I understand. Um, so the concussion is real. Um, I know people were speculating that maybe it wasn't. No, it, it is legit. I heard it was a detached retina. Well, that it that is true too. Um, but apparently, it was there was a concussion because, and I don't think. Well, maybe I shouldn't. I don't. I don't know. I could. I could. I could tell you who told me 
um, Joel, but um, I don't know if I, – and you know him. You know him. So um, I, was, I was told it was a concussion because the person knows the medical staff for New Japan. Um, so, again, I don't know the severity of, a con- of the concussion, but a concussion is a concussion in, in, in a lot of people's eyes. So they just kind of had him sit out. Um, apparently there was, there was a detached retina too, but I don't not, but that was, uh, that was something even before the match. I don't even think it was like the, the Osprey match caused that. Um, but yeah, apparently there, there was a concussion. So what does that mean for Kota Ibushi long-term, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I, I'd say anyone's guess. No one really knows at this point. I think he stays. I, th- I think he stays. Um, I think they're all just kind of taking a little bit of time off to reassess things. Um, I don't think Kota Bushi goes anywhere that Kenny Omega doesn't. Let's put it that way. There were some rumors of, uh, well, there was an artist on Redbubble who had some Golden Lovers t-shirt design that got a copyright infringement notice from, I think it was traced back to All Elite. So there was some scuttlebutt as you would say about golden lovers being involved with all elite at some point yeah um i don't know how i feel about t-shirts and <laughs> like the red bubble thing i mean it's their copyright and their trademark so i mean they have you shouldn't be doing that but sometimes the designs are better than what the company puts out you know what i mean so it's like uh, you know i want to support the artist too because it really is fucking cool um but yeah okay sorry i'm going to interrupt and just clarify here so the piece of art in question was a golden lovers fan art the copyright claim was from creative ventures inc who are actually pro wrestling tees who we know to have a deal to work on merchandise for aew so Uh, i don't know there seems a bit of a tenuous link there yeah, yeah. The pro wrestling tease thing is, I mean, listen. They signed the deal to distribute their T-shirts in the United States and elsewhere. Um, so it feels like they are going to be a little bit more diligent in that, you know, in the copyright thing. Just be, here's what's weird, like, um. It feels to me like, and you tell me if this is the case. As technologically advanced as Japan is, from a website perspective, it it might be the most frustrating user experience (laughs) of anywhere I ever go. Like, I remember having to go, like, look for a place online. Like, I had my phone, and I'm looking to find a restaurant. Um, and like the, every website I go to, looks like it was built in GeoCities, right? I swear, like, uh, it's, it's the most frustrating thing in the world. So I don't even know if they're, I don't even know if people in new Japan, other than, you know, pro wrestling tees who have a working relationship or even, even know about Redbubble or even know about like, you know, Etsy or shit like that, where people have, you know, d- done creative and liberal creative usage of of logos and 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 likenesses and such i i really don't right, even so think yeah i don't really don't even think you, they know you think maybe this is uh all elite starting to secure their intellectual property then because oh, apparently yeah. several other artists have had other copyright claims for stuff 
about Kenny and Kota and Golden Lovers. Oh, absolutely. I no doubt. No doubt. I mean, look. Do a search on on Redbubble right now and like type in I don't know any of those guys or Bullet Club or whatever. I mean, you see all the knockoff T-shirts and stuff. You know, it's it's there. And if you know, these guys are purposely. It felt like part of the reason why they pulled away from Bullet Club stuff again is because of the fact they weren't getting as much money as they thought they deserved from you know merchandise sales. So they they. They pulled away from it, you know. They pulled away from the Bullet Club logos and and stuff like that. I mean, booking decisions aside, I mean that's one of the reasons, you know. They want to have all of it, and you know, they're if, if they see people knocking off their shit, yeah. I mean, listen, if people started knocking off our shit, I don't want to be too happy, right? If all of a sudden, you know, Shaman McDonald and Howell. Jabraham, you know, started a podcast. I might have a problem with that, you know. Um, by the way, you watch. Someone's going to go and do that now. I They're going to make Twitter accounts for that. I, I guarantee it. I guarantee it. There used to be a um, a, a Damon quotes. Somebody used to uh, listen to the show and do my stu- like quote me. I enjoyed that. Nobody does that anymore. I don't. Man, well, you know what? I take that back. I don't know if I really want that anymore. All right, so there you go. So we talked about intellectual property and everybody suing everybody in Redbubble. All right, what else we got here? Uh, Dr. Poodle Papa says, with the major exodus of New Japan talent, how is New Japan going to survive without the biggest story of 2019, the retirement of Takashi Izuka, who has announced his retirement February 21st. So his final match will be uh, Liger and Tenkoji versus Taka, Michinoku, Izuka, and Suzuki. A barn burner. Um <laughs> uh... I mentioned to you, all right? Who did I mention to? Somebody. It's all a blur at this point. Uh, yeah, he's been around since the '90s. I remember him on a like before ECW used to be. Joel Goodhart used to run shows in Philadelphia, and he was on a show, and that had to be. I was in high school when that happened, or or maybe I just graduated, like, like 1990. So, uh, yeah, he's been around forever and a half. He's he's 750 years old, and let's be truthful here. In the ring, he's all about. He's more about the crowd entrance than he is anything in the ring. I mean, if it takes one bump a match, it's it's a, it's a hundred. Yeah, well, we got on TV, didn't we, from uh, New Year Dash, from him doing his entrance in the crowd. So that's going to be missed. That's true. That's true. He always scares me. I always think he's going to hurt somebody. I don't. You know what it is? And that's that. I guess that's what makes a great pro wrestler. Because if he could legitimately put some fear in my heart. I mean, that's, he's doing his job, right? It's kind of like the Abdul the Butcher thing, you know? I don't care how old that, that guy is. He he goes charging through the crowd. I am fucking out of there. No way I'm sticking around for that shit. He does a good job with that. Um, but, again, you know, look. He deserves his due. He deserves his final match. You know, I was going to say nobody's going to miss him, but I think people... Miss the nonsense. They, they, I think they might. It's that you know that you know, being led out by a leash by El Desperado. They might, they might miss that. I'm in ring. No, of course not. But you know some of the nonsense stuff that he brings. Yeah, why not? You know, I'll miss him a little bit. But it, but but with that being said, you know, didn't he come first in uh, least favorite? Our least favorite poll. 
Yeah, maybe that's why he's retiring. He saw the results and just couldn't carry on anymore. Well, that's why he came over our end. He wanted to pick up the award. But we didn't, you know, we had to let him know, now you got to get to the ring. We don't have it with us. So that's why he stopped by our side. Um, he is big, though, isn't he? He's bigger than I thought. Yeah, he's jacked. Like, really muscular for a, a man of his advanced years. Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 a big boy. He, he's frightening. He fucking scares me. All right, I have nightmares about him. But yes, uh, hats off to uh, Izuka. And what, what what do you know the date of that match? When is this last match? Uh, yeah, I it's uh, February twenty first. All right, February twenty first. Everybody circle that on their calendar. Uh, we'll have a big going away party for Izuka. Do you think he passes on the iron claws to someone else, or do you think they retire with him? I hope it retires with him. Um, you know what would be great if he does the whole entire gimmick and then at the end he's just completely straight laced you know he just goes completely out of character and and, and he's a normal human being high five in the fans do right. an emotional speech in the middle <laughs> right. of the ring thank right. you so much everyone right. flowers right you know just you know hugging children right that would be that would be my ideal scenario for him to to his swan song would be uh i'm finally break free of these this 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 pro wrestling torture that I've been under, I can be, I'm a free man now. Yeah, that would be great. That would be great. All right. Well, continuing with the Exodus, we have confirmation that Kushida will be leaving at the end of January and he'll have his farewell match at Krakon Hall versus Hiroshi Tanahashi on the 29th of January. Your thoughts on this, please? Well, you know, I think we talked a little bit about this last week where, you know, nothing was official, but boy, everything was. You know, that was right in front of us. Pretty obvious that, that uh, Kushida was uh, going off to uh, explore pro wrestling. The press conference was sad. I actually watched it. I felt, you know, I'm, I was happy for him at the same time because this is this is what he wants, right? And he kind of acknowledged that there's really not a lot more he can do in New Japan. And he's going to explore uh, New Horizons. And Tanahashi being there, and what I, what was the line that was like, ooh, that hit me right in the right right in the right in the heart. Um, it was you know, Kushida was like, I'm sorry, I'm upset because he was crying, and and uh, Tanahashi was like, well, no, no, there's nothing to be sorry about. Uh, you you know, you were my little brother or something like that. For the, I was like, ah, fuck me, <laughs> jeez, that hurt. Um, Look, what what else is Kushida going to do in this company, right? It's I, I I think he's one of the best workers in in New Japan, if not the world. Talented as fuck, but what what else is he going to do here? So the best thing you can do, I guess, is enjoy him while you got him. That match is going to be great. I re- I'm really looking forward to that a lot. Uh, traditionally, that that smells like a, a Kushida loss. Right. Traditionally, that's usually the case. Uh, everything going against him, but I think it'll be one of those feel-good moments for New Japan. Um, very, very similar to that of Nakamura leaving, right? Where you'll have a hug fest in that ring afterward and, and tears to close a show. Uh, that that'll like a lot of people that listen to this show. You know, they they know no different. You know, they they grew up with Kushida, and their and their fandom with New Japan always involved him. He was always in the mix. So, uh, 
for the first time, really, I think that there's a whole section of fans that this is going to be their first one. This is going to be their first, ooh, he's leaving. And and this is going to be a sad moment, a happy sad moment. You know, a lot of people got in after Nakamura uh, had left. And and bef- you know even you know obviously before that, so for a lot of people this is going to be your first one. It's kind of like Doctor Who, right? For the people who are big fans of the Doctor Who stuff, uh, not me, not so. That's going to be his gimmick in the Fed. Is, is it going to be Doctor Who? Yeah, he's going to be the come doc- out in a TARDIS, <laughs> right? Right. Daleks uh, chasing him. Yeah, that's. I think that's a smart move. I think it's a smart move, Vince. Vince, if you're listening, and I know we are, and I know you are. Uh, yeah, Doctor Doc- Hushida. Doctor Hushida. I like this. I like the way this is coming out. I like the way this is turning out. I need an. I need an Amy Pond though. Remember Amy Pond? Did you? Do, do you watch Doctor Who? Uh, no, no. I watched one season because I, I liked. Um, I liked that 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 that, that doctor. Um, what was his name? Matt Smith. I liked Matt Smith a lot. I thought he was handsome. I thought he was. Uh, thought he was. Kind of, he was my kind of guy. You know what I mean? He was my kind of guy. He liked the same kind of music and shit. So I was like, ah, I'm gonna watch this, and I liked him. And he reminded me of. Uh, you remember the show, British show, uh, the Young Ones? I love the Young Ones. Oh, see, why didn't we make out while we were there? Because that is one of my. <laughs> because that is one of my favorite shows. Rick. He reminds me of Rick, right? Um, who I just fucking love. So uh, that's who that's who Matt Smith kind of reminded me of too. So um, yeah, let's let's do that. Let's do uh, let's do Doctor. Uh, what do we say, Doctor Ku Kushida? What do we say, Doctor Hushida? Hushida. Okay, there you go. Perfect. That's that's what we got. What do you say to the people who think that Kushida was mismanaged in New Japan and that he should have been a heavyweight? Do you think he would have been a good fit in the heavyweight division, given that he's not? A particularly tall or muscular dude. I think in 2019, and even in 2018, a lot of those lines were blurred, especially when it comes to um, U.S. pro wrestling. And I think uh, you know the whole heavyweight, junior heavyweight line in the sand sometimes gets a little played out for me. Um. I mean, let's put it this way. Is Kyle O'Reilly any bigger than Kushida? Is Roderick Strong any bigger than Kushida? I don't know. Bobby Fish? I don't know. Um, so, on one side, I'm anti-traditionalist in the sense of he could have been a heavyweight. Again, we always talk about the Never title being that kind of launch pad to kind of get people's mindsets straight. To say, okay, he can compete with the big boys. On the other so side, so why do you think he wasn't then? Because because of traditional things in in Japanese pro wrestling, it feels like. Of okay, so whoever's in charge looked at him and said, "Sorry, you're not uh, to use the, the phrase credible. You're not credible heavyweight, so you're staying as a junior." What other reason? What other reason can you think of? That's it. Unless he didn't want to be a heavyweight. I mean, that's that. That's what everybody wants to be. It feels like 
maybe I mean and maybe he's the exception, but there's there's not one person in in that promotion that doesn't know the line in the sand and even joke about it, right? Um, from Abushi, wait a minute, I gotta practice. I I promised I would get this right. Oh boy, now now the pressure's on. Uh, is it Ibushi? Am I right? Yeah, yeah. Stress okay. on the first syllable, Ibushi. Yeah. Ibushi. There's somebody listening right now, taking full credit. High Manabu. five. Yes, yes. Um, Osprey, Kenny. The list is long, right? Of 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 people who were once juniors that you know aspired to be heavyweight because of the general perception of heavyweights being more important. Sorry. That's the case. Um, and I think, and again, unless Kushida specifically said, no, I don't want to be a heavyweight, I find it hard to believe that he didn't want to be, at least in that mix, fighting for big boy belts. Um, and he wasn't going to get that opportunity. Do you think his presence in the junior division had become a burden given that he's the big star and at some point he's always got to be back in the title picture. Yeah. I mean, he's relative. He's in his thirties. Um, so it's not like he's in a spring chicken, mind you, he's not a young lion, but he's not old enough to be put at the pasture either working just multi-man tags. So, yeah, I, I think, it, it becomes cumbersome to always have him in the mix, but he's talented enough to always be in the mix. It it it, it could get stale. There's people that have told me that it is stale. Um, I think it's best for everybody. I really do. I I I, I do. I, I don't. I, I don't like people leaving. I, trust me, I don't. And I don't like, especially leaving for that company. But in this particular scenario, I just think it's a win-win for everybody. It's a win-win for everybody. Um, people in, in, in the juniors, fresh faces, new matchups, new stuff, new champions, new focus. For him, it's a fresh start. It's, it's, he gets to wrestle people that not only are going to be new and fresh for him, but also, you know, you look at that NXT roster, you know, Three quarters of those people he's worked with many times, and that's fun, right? So it's, it's a dream of his. How can I? How can we turn that down? I, again, it's one of those win-win-win all the way around. It's it's a positive. It really is. I really feel like it's a positive for everybody. What do you see as his ceiling in WWE? Oh, that's uh, the problem. Realistically, where do you think he will end up? Yeah, that's the problem. I. I I think he's Tozawa, right? I really do. I mean, uh, again, people will point at AJ's success, and people will point at Nakamura's success, and people will point at. I think I, I think he's tailor made for NXT. I think I think that's exciting to me. I think that that'll be fun. I I really don't want to see him on the main roster because I just don't see a future for him in, on the main roster as it stands right now. I, I I don't see I don't see he doesn't fit the mold. Let's put it that way. He certainly doesn't fit the mold. If we're talking about you know height and and weight and all that stuff, he does not fit that 
that Vince mold in any way, shape, or form. NXT, I think he could he could he could flourish. Um, but I I I hate to say two hundred five is his ceiling. Um, I just see how they waste the talent that they have right now. Um, boy, I, I just don't know what they would do with with a guy like Kushida. It just it doesn't seem like a guy that fits into the mold that that WWE likes. What about Sanada? Some rumors linking him. Apparently, there's mutual interest between him and WWE. Um, my biggest fear with him would be his, like, what makes him cool to a lot of people is the antithesis of what WWE of what WWE thinks is cool, right? And what people want from their sports entertainment, right? He can wrestle. And he has a nice look to a lot of people. And he has size and he has, you know, he has the body and the athleticism. But have you ever heard him cut a promo? He he would need somebody he would need somebody to help him get over, it feels like. Like what 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 do you do with Sonata? Like what what uh, imagine the absolute fucking nonsense that Vince would come up with for Sonata, a guy who isn't, you know, doesn't ooze charisma. He oozes cool charisma and quiet charisma and confident charisma, but that's not WWE charisma. That's not look at the hard camera charisma. That's a, that one scares. That one scares me more than Kushida because Kushida has baby face cute guy, you know, he's lovable. What the fuck does Sonata bring to the table besides menacing Asian guy? Right? Does anybody really want that in their pro wrestling in 2019? Huh? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. What what do they see in him? What is it that Vince or whoever is looking at thinking, yeah, I want to get that guy? To fuck with a company because they can. I mean, look at the talent that they have right now. I hate this, the, 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 to turn this into anti-WWE talk, but look at the fucking talent that they have. What are they going to do with Sonata? Seriously. Sonata? What the fuck? They're going to put him under a mask. <laughs> I swear. I promise you. And for as anti-mask as they are, I fucking guarantee it. He's under a hood. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. He's too good looking for that. I mean, to Vince? <laughs> uh, look. Uh, I don't see I don't see Again, I'm just speaking from experience of what that company thinks is marketable and 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 superstar worthy. <laughs> that ain't Sonata at all. It really isn't. And I hate the fact that that's the case. I got to speak the truth. I don't see I don't see Vince. I don't even I'll tell you right now. I don't that has nothing to do with Vince. This is this is Paul. And this is other people in, in Paul's ear, right? You think you honestly think Vincent Kennedy McMahon knows who the fuck Sonata is? How many matches do you think Vincent Kennedy McMahon has watched of Sonata? 
I'll I think he was you. a big fan of his Wrestle One run. You think so? <laughs> you think you think he's watching a lot of those Cork and Hall matches with the you know four hundred people in the building? No fucking chance. So they they're just putting feelers out for anyone that they think would be interested in coming, not necessarily people that they think would be useful to them. I mean, yeah. I, I hate to say it, yes. And look, and and their idea of 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 expansion, WWE's, is you know Japan and Europe and South America and Australia and Ireland and, and anywhere else. They are. And they and and they want to they want to sign people so that they can put their little territories together, and go from there. They don't give a okay. Fuck. So he he could be the first champion of NXT Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's how that's how he would be used. He's not he's not going for the uh, United States title at WrestleMania. That's for fucking sure. I kind of think the only thing that's been holding him back in New Japan so far is the fact that he can't cut a promo. And maybe even similar deal with, you know, guys like Ishii. I feel that if you can't really connect with the audience on a, a verbal level and you can't stand in front of the camera and cut a passionate promo, that that's only going to get you so far. Yeah. And like you said, that in the WWE is going to be an even bigger problem. And the fact that they're going to want you to speak English. Yeah. Or you're going to have a mouthpiece. You're going to have a manager or a valet or um, you know somebody to do the talking for you. Um, that I think that would be a definite, right? I don't think there's any. I don't know. I just I again Kushida. His English is is good. It's good. He spent he spent time here uh, and in Canada. Um, I don't know. I just feel like and again I I just think he has more of uh, junior baby face look and feel that WWE can kind of gravitate to than Sonata. I, I think Sonata, what what people like about Sonata here in New Japan is not what Vince is looking for. Um, yeah, I think I think if and again, there's nothing definite with Sonata. There's just a lot of scuttlebutt and rumors, but um, he's NXT Japan. That's. That's where I see him. If, if if there's interest in that, I cannot see him. Truth be told, I watch this four, two years from now. He's headlining Mania. <laughs> um, I I just don't see it. Not him. I really don't. I, I not to say that I don't love him. I'm not to say that I don't think he's great where he is. But I just don't see him fitting into that company at all. All right. Well, let's have a look at the new beginning card. So the new beginning in Sapporo night one on February the 2nd. Some of the key matches there. We've got your man, Sanada versus Minoru Suzuki. We have Evil versus Zack Sabre Jr. We have a tag team match of Okada and Tanahashi against Bad Luck Farley and Jay White. For the new beginning in Sapporo night two on February 3rd, key matches are the junior tag title match between Shingo and Bushi versus Desperado and Kanemaru. The heavyweight tag title match with Sonata and Evil versus Zack Sabre Jr. and Suzuki. And main event intercontinental title match between Naito and Taichi. What's whetting your appetite for those two shows? I mean, I like these shows. I really do. I think these shows are, are, are 
kind of what a lot of people were looking for, right? I think it satisfies a lot of different audiences and a lot of different palettes, right? Zack and, and Suzuki against Evil and Sonata. Those singles matches and tag matches are going to be fucking great. They're going to be really good. You know, the, the, your, your Tai Chi fans, you're going to get, you're going to get your wish. You're going to get a main event. And, and there are people that feel that Tai Chi takes this title. I don't. It's a possibility. And I'll tell you what, I, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not doing the cartwheel death match. I will not accept cartwheel death match for this because I think this will be a good match. I think this has got a lot of heat. I think this has got a lot of, uh, uh, Substance behind it. I don't think I don't think Naito loses, but I think it's going to be a good match. I do. I'm worried about that match. If I would do a cartwheel death match, I'd be I'd be concerned. I'd be concerned. It's not happening though. But no, uh, I I think I think, and I I'm usually one to complain about ah uh, three cards we're stretching it out. Blah, 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 blah. I think there's something for everybody on each of these shows. I like I like what I see from the New Beginning shows. And for the New Beginning in Osaka on February 11th, we have Sonata and Evil versus Ayata Yoshida and Shota Umino. So that's a non-title match. So I thought it was interesting that they booked Sonata and Evil in a tag team match. Obviously, after the IWGP heavyweight tag team match would have happened from Sapporo. So I don't know if you could use that to... Uh, guess at the outcome of the tag title match. I've got a funny feeling that Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. might take those titles. We also have uh, Yano and Makabe versus Gorillas of Destiny, so I would imagine that would be setting up a future challenger for whomever, uh, well, whoever is holding the tag titles at that point. We have the junior title match between Ryusuke Taguchi versus Taiji Ishimori. We have Kazuchika Okada versus Bad Luck Fale. And main event IWGP heavyweight title match, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Jay White. That's a good show. It's not bad. I mean, listen, Fale and 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 Okada. You, you would, you know, you're looking for Okada to get a win here, right? To get 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 in the groove again. Jay White and Tanahashi is going to be great. That's going to be good. Joel, these new beginning shows are fucking solid. I'm I'm digging every bit of it. I'm excited for them. Three shows that that. I mean, listen, you're getting an intercontinental title defense. You're getting an IWGP heavyweight title defense that, you know, <laughs> you look at that match. There is a there is a better than 50% chance that that title is getting swapped and that we got a new champion that night. I mean, the handwriting's on the wall with that one, right? And I know you're, you're geared up for... for for Jay White, and we'll talk about that in a second. But those every night, there's something to sink your teeth into for every palette. I'm I'm pumped for these new beginning shows, man. I really think they're great. Uh, and and again, Jay White, Tanahashi, that smells like a title change to me. It really does. I'm I'm on your bandwagon, Joel. So let's hear the case for it then. So I went on a sort of Twitter rant about this, why I thought the title was changing hands. Because this started, Damon, from me going back and re-watching the, the whole of Wrestle Kingdom. Because you, you have to watch it back when you're there live to catch things that you missed. And re-watching Kazuchika Okada versus Jay White, I loved it even more the second time. And I was pointing out that the closing stretch 
was brilliant. You know, you get all the usual stuff with them reversing each other's moves. But that final bit where Okada sets him up for the Rainmaker, and just as he's about to hit him with a lariat, Jay White just takes a step forward, just closes that distance. So he's too close for Okada to hit him with a lariat, and he's right in position for the Rainmaker. That, to me, shows you how smart Jay White is. I think he's one of the smartest wrestlers in pro wrestling today. I think every single match that he goes into, he thinks so much, puts so much thought and care and attention and detail into who he's wrestling and coming up with realistic and clever ways to counter their moves into his own moves. And I said that all of his matches, he he comes in with this sort of calculated, ruthless aura about it. Like, he's been studying all his opponents' moves and thinking, what's the best way to counter them? What's the best way to hurt them? So I'm certain, regardless of what happens with Kenny Omega, that Jay White is going to be the next Western ace in New Japan because you look at the wins that he's had over the last 12 months. He's beaten Okada twice. He's beaten Tanahashi. And he's beaten Kenny Omega. So you, you don't get wins over those three guys by just being a random guy on the card or a promising young talent. You beat Okada, Tanahashi, and Omega, they've got big plans for you. They're strapping the rocket to this guy. They're throwing everything behind him. And he's only 26. He's 26 years old. So, like you, I'm so excited about this title match, because usually, when you think about New Beginning, it's a bit of a filler defence, isn't it? You go back 2017, it was Suzuki challenging. No one thought Suzuki was going to win. Last year, we had Sanada challenge. No one thought Sanada was going to be the guy to break the Okada streak, even though I did write a piece about that. But that was more for, you know, poetic license. So I don't think you pick a guy like Jay White to just throw in there at random to be the first defence for Tanahashi, a successful first defence to get his title run up and running. You pick someone else for that. There's loads of other guys on the roster you could have to do that. You know, throw evil in there if you want to just have someone to be a nice, easy, simple first defence for Tanahashi. And also, the caveat to this being, Jay White has lost twice to Tanahashi in big spots before. He lost him at Wrestle Kingdom last year, and he lost him, I think it was uh, King of Pro Wrestling, in the the briefcase defence. Now, yeah, Jay White beat him in the G1, so at the moment it's 2-1 to Tanahashi. Also, I mentioned it last week on the show, the whole New Year dash was built around Jay White. There weren't any huge surprises or swerves, no betrayals, no angles, no shocking comebacks. No people returning from excursion. Nothing like that. It was just, look at Jay White. Look how dangerous he is. And all this excitement and passion and happiness and joy about Tanahashi winning back the IWGP title, all of that, I think, is just going to build up for Switchblade to come spoil the party. I'm certain that he's winning. And you go back last year, you look at all of the big stories, and all of them is Jay White. He's the straw that stirs the drink, as people are saying. The Bullet Club breakdown. The chaos breakdown, Golden Lovers reuniting, Juice Robinson's broken hand, even little things like Josh Barnett getting canned, the, the betrayal of Okada, Yoshihashi getting hurt, the rebirth of the, the new look Bullet Club, the cutthroat era, Tanahashi and Okada teaming up. All of that, every single one of those was in some part because of Jay White. All of those. And again, let's look at Okada. Okada is one of, if not the biggest star in the company, their ace. And his latter half of 2018 was basically devoted to getting Jay White over as a star. His whole broken thing was built up, I think, 
you know, changing the colour of his hair, wearing the long boys, coming out with the balloons, the silly music, to get that moment at Wrestle Kingdom where he's got his music back, the money's coming, he's got his uh, his little shorts on again, he's got his blonde hair again, he's resting his old style again, and you get all that excitement and heat built up. Yeah, yeah, Carter's back. Bang. Jay White's stolen his thunder. So they've gave Okada that mission in 2018 to make Jay White into a star. And he is a star now, and he's taking that title next month. Well said. Well, I mean, the, 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 the argument is laid out. It's, it's right in front of everyone's face, right? Everything that you laid out, 2018, he was in the mix for every bit of it. All, and here's the thing, too. You know, as much as we want to pump up Jay White now, you know, let's be truthful. There are people that still are on the fence, still even after a, a, a an incredible Wrestle Kingdom. I think they still have a little bit of a bitter taste of character work Jay White, right, uh, as opposed to in-ring Jay White. Right? And I think there, there, there were a little scorn. I think G1 left a, a sour taste in some people's mouths. I think you got to get over that. I think, I think, and, and I think that's in the rearview mirror. I mean, all these things were done to help establish Jay White as the ultimate prick, the ultimate spoil the party. Right? I don't know if Wrestle Kingdom would have been as impactful. That Okada win, you know, the win over Okada, would have been as impactful if you didn't have all that that you went through. Because why? You wanted Okada to beat Jay White. You wanted the return of Okada and all the things that you mentioned, the tights and the and the and the, the money from the sky and. Uh, the 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 haircut and the, and no goof no balloons no fucking balloons, right? You wanted him to get redemption, big stage, and let's be honest, you know, for the lo- longest part of that match, it felt that way. It felt like he was you know building up and everything. He was hitting his spots, and but it, you're right, Hit, you know, it's like him scouting, you know, and, and having Ghetto at his side, you know, kind of scouting too. To spoil the party. Yeah. That's that's what Jay White is. He's the guy there to spoil the party. You're going to get excited. You're going to get pumped up. You're going to get those moments of, ah, oh, he's going to get his. And then the, the rug's going to be pulled from out from underneath you. That's called, you know, people talk about it. He's doing heel work. Well, that to me, that's heel work. That's That's heel work. Yeah, you don't give Jay White, you don't give Jay White this match. Unless you were giving him a win, I truly believe that. There's, there's, it would make zero sense to me. I think to a lot of our listeners, to give him that loss now. Again, you could throw anybody in that match at New Beginning. You're giving it to Jay White. New Year Dash. I think it was very poignant that he was the one standing above both. Okada and, and Tanahashi in the ring, right? That, that also, was, sorry to jump in, just yeah. n- not to mention the fact we had the comeback of Yoshihashi, which a lot of people were excited about. 
that Krakowin was hot for Yoshihashi. They were excited. He was yep. the most popular guy in the building at that point, and they just fed him to Jay White because yep. they said, "No, you, he's not on Jay White's level." Bang, switchblade, clean as a whistle. One, two, three. Let's let's spoil another party, shall we? Right? That was supposed to be a feel-good moment for everybody, right? Yoshihashi, even if you're not the biggest fan, you, you can appreciate him. And again, him coming back. You know, when, when, when they announced, everybody was like, whoa, Yoshihashi back, you know? And I think we, even we were joking about, like, like that's the, what was the last time you heard a pop like that for Yoshihashi? Spoiling the party, Jay White. Yeah, I think you're on to something. I think, I think you've built a, a, a case uh, for this, and I think the handwriting's on the wall. I think this is a zero successful title defenses for Hiroshi Tanahashi. And I think the, I think the title gets put on Jay White, and that's a remarkable thing. And once again, we've said it, and we hammer it home each and every show. This is a company that knows how to make a star. When they when they put the rocket on them, they put the rocket on them. There's no fucking around. There's no dancing around. There's no fifty fifty booking. He's beating top guys, and you don't beat top guys for any other reason than than this. Not everybody can win this title. I'm very proud of saying not everyone can win this title. But, boy, they've done a really good fucking job of setting somebody up to win a title and make it mean something. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on the bandwagon. I'm on the Jay White bandwagon. And I think everybody better wake up real quick because come February, it looks like that's going to be the case. Uh, Mikey Javi says, with the cards for New Beginning release, which belts do you guys feel will change hands? So, I think we're both in agreement. Jay White is taking that heavyweight title. What about the others? So Naito and Taichi, you're saying Naito keeps that. I, I don't know. I could see Taichi stealing it, you know, doing his shenanigans. And that's a way of getting that belt away from Naito to set him up for bigger things without necessarily hurting him. 50-50 on that one. Um, what about the two tag titles? Do you think they change hands? Well, I'll go Intercontinental first just real quick. The... I think it it would hurt Naito. I think he he's coming off a big win. He he the Intercontinental title um, means something to him now. I think it's important that he gets the win. I think it's he needs to have a successful defense. Um, tag titles. I tell you what, if Zach and Suzuki win, they would have those titles, the British tag titles. Zach would have the Rev Pro title. That's a lot of belts. That's a lot of titles. Um, the return of Zaki three belts. Zaki three belts, right? I I love that tag team. I really do. Suzuki and Zach tag team really. That that's that's my wheelhouse. I don't think it changes hands though. Um, I think oh, the stereo pile drivers though, the Gotch style pile driver and the Zach driver at the same time. That's so good, so yeah. good. Yeah, I want it. I don't think it happens, and I would love it for it to happen. I just, I just don't see it happening. But I'm, but to me, that that tag team on paper is the most exciting tag team New Japan has had in the heavyweight division in a long fucking time. Um, I, I want it bad. I just don't think I'm getting it. Well, let's talk about the U.S. New Beginning show. So we've got January 30th, California Globe Theatre. We've got February the 1st in North Carolina in the Grady Cole Center and confirmed February the 2nd in Nashville, the Tennessee uh, War Memorial, which I think has got 2,000 
seater venue. So what kind of stuff would you expect for this? I'm thinking in terms of stuff that hasn't been booked for the Japan New Beginning show. So maybe we get a juice US title defense against Beretta. There was some stuff brewing between Yuji Nagata and Tomohiro Ishii. Maybe we get that there. Maybe we have uh, that match between Jeff Cobb and Hiroki Goto for the ROH TV title. Maybe something between Chucky T and David Finley. Um, What kind of things do you think we'll get for these three shows? Yeah, I think that's the, the, that's that's the wheelhouse for those type of shows, right? So, um, yes, Ishii Nagata, I think, I think Goto, Jeff Cobb, I think uh, a U.S. title defense from Juice. Uh, those those types of shows. I'm I'm not going to go so far as to say B team shows, but yeah, that's where I think that that's going to be those new beginning show. That's going to be their wheelhouse. Good shows. I mean, on paper, they're they're not bad shows, right? Not, I don't think not as good as the 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 Japanese versions, but um, but that's that's what we're looking at. We're looking at the Juices, the David Finleys, the Jeff Cobbs, Goto, uh, Best Friends. Uh, that's that's the wheelhouse for these U.S. shows. Talking about Juice Robinson, he has signed a three-year deal with New Japan, which is unusual for them to be signing people to such long deals. Uh, Chase Owens and Rocky Romero also signed new deals. Uh, Chase was a one-year. I'm not sure how long Rocky's was. Uh, Bucky Mack asked, do you think Chase Owens signing a contract will lead to him doing more than just prelim tags, perhaps a gatekeeper role or a more significant role in US tours if those expand past new beginning? I honestly want to see him rewarded with at least a championship match. I think so. I think I think the contract was a good sign with that. I love I love the fact Juice they locked it down. Juice that I think that was an important one. I know that there were a lot of swirlings about um, with other companies having lots of interest in Juice and why not? Rocky I think is 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 the most important one too, um, in the sense that he, you know, he's very important uh, backstage. He's, he's he's a nice cog in in the in the U.S. expansion wheel. Um, he has a, a bigger role than people seem to think. So, uh, good, solid signing there. Um, Juice again, th- a three-year deal was it? That's that's good. That's that's what. Listen, that's what this company needs to do. They need to lock down people. And you notice that's been the trend in the past couple of months. Companies signing people that they feel are important pieces to the puzzle. Uh, for their promotions, you, you're seeing that in Ring of Honor. You're seeing that in All Elite. You're seeing that New Japan. You're seeing that WWE locking people down um, because there's a war going on. They, they they're, they're trying to get their troops, get all that situated and and sorted out. So three good three good solid signings. Yeah, and I think those signings mean a bigger role for Chase. Um, I think a bigger role behind the scenes for Rocky and I think an elevation of juice as well. Now I do have some ROH taping spoilers. So if you don't want to be spoiled for Ring of Honor tapings, skip the next part. We had Juice Robinson leading a stable of uh, Tennille Dashwoods, Mark Haskins, Bandido, Tracy Williams and David Finley. And they were calling themselves Lifeblood. Uh, TJ says, what do you think about this new Juice faction? It might get me to actually watch ROH regularly. Do you think this helps Juice or Finley more? I wasn't so sure about this because it was such a random assortment of people. It kind of felt like they'd just sort of thrown in all the new signings haphazardly together and been like, okay, you guys are a stable now. 
Yeah, there doesn't seem to be a lot of congruency with who they chose. But, yeah, I think that from what I was seeing, they were defending uh, the honor code, if, I, if I'm reading that right. They were uh, defending the Ring of Honor honor code. And uh, Look, I like Juice a lot. So if I can see him in in a prominent role in Ring of Honor, I think that's helpful for both, right? Um, and I get to see him more often, so I'm happy for that too. I, I'm I'm worried about Ring of Honor because I feel like that they're in a real tricky situation, right? Um, they 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 don't seem like the sexy option for a lot of people, and it's not like they haven't been here before, right? Ring of Honor always has ebbs and flows, it feels like. They've gone through massive talent loss uh, in the past. You know, any big name has gone through Ring of Honor. That's currently in other promotions. Uh, but it's hard for them because, again, they, they feel like they're, they're a third option um, for a lot of people. they got to change that perception. If, if if Juice being on some TV tapings helps, if David Findlay helps, I don't know. But I think it's a positive. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be that impactful to say, oh, Juice is here. That means, you know, big name talent is now signing on the line at Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor's biggest problem is signing talent long term, right? And keeping them long term. Because, again... For a lot of those Ring of Honor people, the end goal is WWE, and it always has been, and it always will be. Um, that's that's hard to overcome, but it's that's their business model. It feels like it's you know build stars, build stars, build stars, get super hot. Ah, we lost all our stars. We got to start over again. Uh, build, 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 build. Ah, we lost all our stars again. <laughs> right? That's Ring of Honor. That's 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 what it has been. And they'll survive. I know people are like, no, they're not going to. The Ring of Honor is going to survive. Um, I, but I, again, I don't know if Juice is the answer. But um, it feels like a little bit of a, of a breath of fresh air, at least in the short term, for Ring of Honor. Okay. And next thing in the Observer, this is quite interesting news. New Japan World increased 20% in subscriptions to 120,000 over the Wrestle Kingdom build period, with a gain more outside of Japan than inside, similar to last year. Paid streaming services have never caught on in Japan like the US, and even though New Japan World's numbers are less than 10% of WWE networks, it's still one of the biggest streaming services in Japan. Still, they're hovering close to a 50-50 split, with Japanese subscribers not having that much of an edge over non-Japanese subscribers. So what do you make of these numbers? I mean, a lot of it has to do with, and I said it about the websites, right? Um, it's a streaming; it's just really not a thing. It's not. It's 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 an amazing idea that you know. Why wouldn't you? Why? why <laughs> you're Japan. You're supposed to be the, the bleeding edge. They're not when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I can only put that down to a cultural thing. Um. Look, you go. They, they still have a Tower Records, right, right in the middle of Shibuya, uh, and Tower Records is long since gone in the states, right? Um, but there's one there, and people buy CDs and stuff. You know, Spotify. You know, no, they look at me funny when I talk about Spotify. 
um, and streaming music. It's just not a thing. Uh, so I guess that I, I, that's the only real true reason I can come up with because uh, the, the ease and convenience of a streaming service over, oh, I got to wait for a DVD or I got to you know watch it some other way. I, I, I don't understand that, but... I think it's good. I think subscription numbers always pop during Wrestle Kingdom season. The, the true test is, okay, are they still around in March, April, and May, right? Because they always seem to have some spikes. Wrestle Kingdom season, G1 season, and then you know people kind of cancel out, bail out, and then they resubscribe or what have you. Um, it's good news. Any, any, anytime those type of numbers increase and profitability increases, it's always a good, it's always good news. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's not to be unexpected come Wrestle Kingdom season and G1 season. And just a quick note here about the Giant Barber Death 20th Memorial Box Office Committee produce. Giant Barber Death 20th Memorial Box... I didn't really need to read that out twice, did I? Uh, so <laughs> this is a, a Sumo Hall, I believe. And so far we've got announced matches involving several New Japan wrestlers. We've got Taichi Kanemaru and Takamichi Noku versus Masanobu Fuchi, Yoshiaki Fujiwara and Yuma Aoyagi. We have a special three-way tag match with Sonada and Bushi versus Jake Lee and Koji Iwamoto versus Ayato Yoshida and Shota Umino. We have a giant Baba Memorial Battle Royal with Mitsuo Momota, Kim Duk, Men Teo Taru, Ryuji Hijikata, Yuto Aijima, etc. And we have Satoshi Kojima, Yuji Nagata, and Osamu Nishimura versus Jun Akiyama, Takao Omori, and Tayo Kia. And we have Mil Mascaris and Dos Karas versus Kaz Hayashi and Nosawa Rongai. And also announced Hiroshi Tanahashi, Tomaki Honma, Kento Miyahara, Great Kojika, Daisuke Sekimoto, Namuchi Marufuji, Kazushi Miyamoto, Tomohiko Hashimoto, Atsushi Onita, and Kendo Kashin. Gross. So a few things announced here so far. Anything exciting you from what I just read out? Here's 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 what it is. I mean, a lot of big names you read out there, right? From all over the Japanese pro wrestling space. Onita, Marafuji, Tanahashi, uh, Akiyama. I mean, you got all Japan represented. You got Noah represented. You got New Japan represented. You have the Indies represented. We've got the new Wrestle One champion. Yes. You were there for that match, weren't you? I was there for that match. Very good match, actually. I watched it this morning. Yeah, which is the noises coming from those two gentlemen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They were they were hitting each other pretty hard, weren't they? (laughs) Christ. Um that's gonna be a fun show. That's gonna be a that's gonna that's gonna be a legit fun show. Now again, are we gonna get the big time singles match that we're all clamoring for? Probably not, right? You're going to get a lot of multi-man tags. But again, just seeing all these different guys in the ring with each other, that should be enough to have people tune in, right? I'm okay with this. I'm excited for this. Again, the names that you're Jake Lee, I heard. I mean, you got a lot of, you got everybody, you got a Sakimo, you got everybody. Anybody who's a name in Japanese pro wrestling seems like it's on as a fucking card. It's good stuff. I and and it'll sell out too. It'll sell out. I think I when is this when is this show? Do you know? This is February the nineteenth. Okay. Right around the corner. That's gonna be a good show. 
I wonder who's who's. You think New Japan World will have this? I don't know. You think so? Maybe. I don't, I don't know, know if it would be live or if they would upload it later. The the matches involving the New maybe Japan. Maybe samurai. Guys. Maybe samurai. Maybe this might be. This smells like a samurai exclusive. So maybe we'll have to keep our eyes out for that one. Um, I don't know. You know, I don't know if New Japan World would have that. But you you will want to go out of your way to find that. It won't be too hard. It'll be it'll be around. Trust me. You know you know where to go. Uh, that's going to be a hot show. That's a, that's a that's going. Again, I don't think we're going to get that major singles match. We'll probably get a major tag match, right? We'll probably get a. You know, if I'm just throwing it out there, you know, on one side of Tanahashi and the other side of Miyahara. That would be nice. That I'd do that. I, I I'd be all over that. I don't think you're going to get that in a singles match, right? You're going to get you're going to get a tag match with those two involved. I think that's going to be your main event. That'd be nice. I, I'm in for that. Yeah, I'm just excited about the three way tag match. There's some pretty hunky boys in there with Sonata, Jake Lee, Yoshida, Shota Umino, all in the same match. Yeah, I don't think I don't think your penis is going to take it. <laughs> I think it just. I'll, I'll give myself two minutes. Yeah, really? Wow, you're holding out. Good, good for you. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, we're gross. All right, uh, that's good news. What else we got? Okay, this is just a little fact that I thought was quite interesting. I don't know if you knew this already, but I saw this uh, from our friend, friend of the show, uh, Kuni Saito on Twitter, uh, courtesy of at Omasuki Fight. Uh, apparently, Gado thinks of the, uh, he plans the New Japan booking two years in advance, all by himself. Nobody knows the content of his booking. He doesn't even use PC or computer. He writes it all by hand in his little memo book. Did you know that already? I heard something along those lines. I didn't hear two years. I heard, I heard a year, but again, that's amazing, right? And yeah, I've I've always kind of joked I would do anything. Not that I would be able to necessarily read it. I would need it translated in some way. But I would love to see that those booking sheets. Like I love it when people post old uh, booking sheets online. Like uh, there's something about the, like the notebook of it and just the absolute. I don't know the word is you know the analog of it. You know what I mean? Like just just it's literally thousands and millions of dollars are just in a notebook. You know, and just ideas being written down in a notebook that fascinates me. Um, I I'm and I'm always just amazed. Just something as simple as G one, like the booking of G one, and how they always make it tight. They always make. You know, it it come down to the last night, and, and just to make sure that all pans out. Because I would book it out, and it would, I would be the one to be like to get called out on Twitter or something. And be like, well, this doesn't mathematically make sense, and how could you know? Like, I was like, I fucking have Honma being in the finals mathematically. Be like, no, nah, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> You'd have like the, the last two nights at Budokan. The last two nights at Budokan, like the, the A block finals, G, B block finals, just like it's already decided like right, five right, days so, in advance. Right, just a load right. of dead rubbers. Right. Because I, I can't fucking add. Right. That would be me. But I love that. Like I love the idea of, of there are – there's you know an, an attache case or a backpack full of like two notebooks, two uh, moleskin notebooks that are being just all these like, – like your future – Millions of dollars being made is just sitting in a notebook. That fascinates me to, to know when. I would love to see that. So if you were walking around Tokyo and you saw Gedo walk past, would a little bit of you be tempted to 
mug him. <laughs> just pull a knife on him and be like, give me the notebook, Gado. Just flick through it and then give it back to him and just say, that's, that's great. Don't change anything. He'd be like, don't rob me, tell. motherfucker. <laughs> um, no, oh, he'd have I, the brass knucks, wouldn't he? Yeah, he'd have the brass knucks. I'd be, I, yeah, he would, I, I don't think it would work out well for me. And I would be in a Japanese prison. That would not be good for me. I would not enjoy that. <laughs> that would not be a good scenario at all. Um, I always think of Matt Seidel. He spent a month in, a, in prison in Japan over that marijuana stuff. That had to be fucking awful. Just awful. What a dope. <laughs> what a fucking dope he was. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. All right. Um, no, I would not. I, I Let me go on the record and say I would not. I would politely come up to him and ask him if I could see it, and he would say no, and that would be that. Um, but, no, I would not mug uh, anyone in the lovely country of Japan. That is for sure. All right. So let's dig into some of the questions then. On the Discord, a King of Scotch style says, someone on Reddit Oh God, this is not a good start. Someone on Reddit commented, AEW wasn't created to change wrestling. It was created to fleece wrestling fans out of merch money without having to split profits with NJPW or ROH. Now, I don't necessarily agree with this statement wholeheartedly, but it's hard to argue against it not being true. The Young Bucks make big bucks, no question. Put yourself in a cynic's shoes. What do All Elite need to do to prove to the cynics that it's not a cash grab and that they're in it for the long haul? Uh, Produce great shows and pay their talent and treat their talent well and be a positive work environment and be a positive force in pro wrestling. I mean, that's what everyone is hoping that this is. Now, I will say this. I don't think that there's any doubt in anyone's mind that a sliver of this has to do with, with you know, making sure that they are they feel that they are properly monetarily compensated for the merchandise that they sell. And I think it's quite obvious that they felt that they weren't. Um, so they, uh, but I, that's not, that's not a reason to build a promotion. Building a promotion is a multi-million dollar expense. And yes, there is a person who owned, you know, a family that owns a, a national football league team that's helped funding it. But I'm sure some of, of, of their own funds are being used for this as well. Um, and it's a risk, right? And you don't do that just over T-shirt money. So while there is a – yes, I think that is a part of it, right? That is a sliver of it. But that that's not a, a reason to build a pro wrestling company for sure. They've made all the right noises so far. I listened to uh, the interview with Tony Khan on uh, – I think it was X-Pac's podcast and yeah he seems like an interesting guy he's very passionate he's been he's a nerd like the rest of us so he's been following wrestling you know, independent scenes for many many years so he knows his stuff I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing I don't think that's a prerequisite for being a successful owner because I think first and foremost you want to be able to run a successful business that makes money and it's profitable so again we'll have to wait and see how things turn out there and you know, I like the stuff about them saying the entry level, you know, men, women getting paid the same. That's good. Um, I suppose we'll have to wait and see about healthcare stuff because I don't know about insuring wrestlers and covering all their healthcare benefits unless they're on exclusive deals because right. you don't want to be paying the surgery bills for 
someone who's got hurt working some little shindy CZW, on the other side right. of the country. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're at they're at that they're at the fucking skate zone and and they break their ankle, you know, like, yeah, that that shouldn't be on. I I mean, yeah, it, look, there's a big difference between a guy who does, I don't know, you know, sells insurance or sells uh, cars, breaking his ankle, you know, on, on you know, I don't know, part time job, right? Is a big difference because it's pro wrestling. Right? The, the the inherent risk of injury in pro wrestling is significantly higher, and insurance rates are going to be much higher. Um, now, you get hurt in in an all uh, elite ring, yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like you should be covered, and it sounds like they will, um, and that's a good thing. But yeah, if you go work, you know, for fucking Tom Jones Pro Wrestling in you know Lynchburg, Kentucky, you know. That's that's, you know, I, I don't think I don't think all elite should be should be on the on the fence for that. That's for sure, and 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 I think I, I think everybody would agree with that. Like I, I can't imagine anyone thinking that that would be something that would be odd or or something that would be, you know, that that it would, it would be a strike against all elite for thinking thinking that would be the same. So there you go. Also, I would give one piece of advice to all elite, which would be. I don't know if it's in their best interest to try to rattle the cages of WWE too much. I think the most sensible thing that they could do would be to just stay in their lane and don't look at this as a kind of uh, medium to try to force WWE to change. They should just concentrate on running their own business and being successful and putting on a good show that people enjoy watching. Yes, but I will say this, that's easier said than done, right? Um, And... and you and you don't know what's working until you do it, right? So yes, you know there is buzz. Yes, they they're they're doing the right things. Yes, they're saying the right things. Yes, there's buzz within the industry. Yes, people feel like there's an option that people can go to for right now. But we don't know pay structures. We don't know dates. We don't other than one. We don't know how often they're going to run. We don't know a TV deal. Let's be truthful. They're really not competition to WWE right now. In in the minds of a pro wrestling fan, you know, it's an option. But I really don't think that WWE thinks of them as as that big of a of competition right now. Could they be? Yes. Do I hope they are? Yes. But you know, if we're looking at it just on the ledger of of profitability, you know. They're, they're, all Elite's got a long way to go. And even with the talent that they've signed, probably the biggest one, you know, they, they don't have Kenny Omega. So that's there's nothing gained or lost there. Would, would they love to have him? Yes. Jericho is probably the biggest one from a WWE sense, right? You know, Pac, they, they weren't using him. They wanted out to begin with. Um, I guess what WWE has to be concerned with is them getting off the ground quickly, getting successful quickly, making a buzz within their own locker room, um, and 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 them signing away stronger names. Right, that's what that's what WWE needs needs to be concerned with, locking down talent to say, okay, you're not going there to make sure that they're not a threat. 
Okay, uh, next question from Cairo D saying, considering the jump from smaller venues to the Sumo Hall this year, what do you guys think NJPW will do in an attempt to fill the Sumo Hall for the best of Super Juniors final, especially given that they can't announce most of the card in advance due to the tournament structure? And a question that I thought was linked to this, TJ says, do you think they announced best of the Super Juniors final for Sumo Hall because Hiromu has been confirmed able to return in time for it? So what are your thoughts on what they can do to sell out the show or, well, come as close as possible? I think they've already done that in the sense of, you know, the the company, them doing stuff throughout the year is going to be more important than an individual item or an individual uh, event or match or what have you to sell out that building, right? So I think everything that they do throughout the calendar year is going to help that. There's already, but we're already talking about best of the super junior at Sumo Hall. And I think that alone has, has garnered enough interest in selling out that building. Now, yes, they do need to have a product that's worthy of, of the building and the, the amount of people that are going to be in that building. And I think Hiromo is a focal point of that. So um, to that person, yes, I do believe that he'll be in the mix in that main event. Uh, in the finals, and but exactly who that's against or how they get there, I I don't know. I wouldn't even be able to venture a guess. But I think they had to put in the legwork throughout the year, and I think they already have um, to help sell that building out and make it a special event. I think all they need to do is announce Hiromu in Block A, Shingo in Block B, and that's it. People yeah. will put two and two together, and they will buy those tickets. Also, you could put one of the uh, other singles titles up for grabs on that show. You know, sure. you could have a, a Will Ospreay never title defense bolstering that card. I think that would help uh, bump up the numbers too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think it's going to be just on the, the strength of the tournament. I think there'll be a um, some some heavyweight matches that will garner interest, especially toward the finals. But yeah, Shingo block one or block A, uh, Hiromo block two, block B, away you go. I think you got yourself a, a solid main event right there. Mexi Turtle says, have you changed your mind on who you think wins the New Japan Cup now that the winner will most likely get their title shot against Tanahashi at MSG? Again, we've touched upon this quite a few times. One of the things that I absolutely love about the direction of New Japan starting off this year is I've got no idea. I've got no idea who's going to be the champion going into MSG. No idea who's going to win the New Japan Cup because there's so many different directions that they could go in. So I can't even pick New Japan Cup right now. I I would have said Sonata at the beginning of the year, but now that I know it's for MSG, I don't think that Sonata is going to be in the main event challenging for the title at MSG. I think it's going to be someone bigger than that. Could be Kenny Omega. I don't know. I'm, (laughs) I'm scratching my head. Yeah, I mean, trust me, these new beginning shows... There, I have more interest in these new beginning shows than I have in years, right? I've, I'm I'm really scratching my head trying to go back and think. Okay, what what has what has really gotten me as pumped up as these shows? It's it's, it's been a while. So yeah, um, it's it. I couldn't answer that question. I I truly don't know, and that's what makes it great for for me. And and like you said, all the speculation that other people have have given us and brought to the table. That's that. All of them are possibilities. All of them could could logically happen, right? Um, and that's what makes it great. That's 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 what makes pro wrestling great is when is when you don't know. If you feel that you could see things months in advance, uh, I mean, it's good, but you know, but if you know, you know. Not knowing is 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 more exciting and and 
I think everybody's going to wake up early for these new new beginning shows or make sure they watch live because I think there's so much there to sink your teeth into that you don't want to be spoiled by it. That's for sure. Uh, Liam says, Damon, your wife comes into the bedroom dressed as Jushin like a full body suit, mask, etc. How like, excited are you? Like that hasn't happened before? Is that <laughs> oh, feeling about the curtain there. Hey, look. Um, see, here's the thing. It would... Hmm. I, I will say this. You want, I'll pull back the curtain a little bit. I do find a, a, a female in a in a pro wrestling mask somewhat attractive. I do. It's, it, it, I, there's something about that. Like I, I don't know. That that kind of that that's that, that's a Damon wheelhouse. I like I like a pro wrestling mask. I don't know why. I do. Yeah. Is that so weird? Uh, well, uh, no, definitely not. Um, Io Shirai coming out with a yeah. mask on. Yeah. 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 yeah I could definitely. Definitely dig that shit. Yep. 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 Okay. <laughs> yep. There's your answer. Uh, next question. Who's funnier, Taguchi or Yano? I like both. I think uh, Yano is better with the physical comedy. Taguchi, also good at the physical comedy, but I think he's underrated with his, his wit. Yep. When you see him doing those little comedy videos that they have on NJPW World or they put up on the YouTube, he's really funny. Like when he was talking about how... Uh, evil could have avoided getting ambushed by Chris Jericho by having a team meeting with his druids beforehand and then the one druid who couldn't answer him in Japanese he would have figured out that that was Chris Jericho just little things like that I thought were quite witty I'm I'm in full agreement I think Yano is is good with the physical Uh, Taguchi definitely has uh, a dryness and a wit and a sarcasm and uh, you know uh, a a general sharp mind for the comedy Uh, yeah, I would I would go exactly as you as you described. Yep. Can someone with a receding hairline be an ace level hunk? Uh, I'm assuming that means Naito, who I don't know if this is a secret or not. That you know his big fluffy mullet thing that he's got going on is hiding a receding hairline. I had a friend who did that. Like he had longer hair to cover up his receding hairline. I look. I I knew the day that the, the, the hair was gone, right? I, I, like, I, you know how you have like overhead cameras when you go into like a you know a, a pharmacy or you go into a store or whatever, and you kind of see the monitor. I, I did that, and I was like, "Whoa, what the fuck!" And there was a little patch missing that was normally there, and I was like, "Well, looks like I'm investing in a shaving kit," um, and that was it. Um, I feel like here's the thing. There's nothing guys can do about that. You know what I mean? There's nothing you can do. You just you are you are a a victim of science and genetics at that point. And you just got to fucking be like, look, it is what it is. And then you got to have some confidence. Like sometimes I don't have confidence with it. Like I wear a hat a lot, but um there's other times where it's just like fuck it, what am I going to do? I, I I can't you know, I could lose weight, sure, but I can't make hair grow. Right, and there's no fucking way any guy should have any type of of toupee or or that's all just looks like shit. It really does. I'm sorry if you got one. It's shit. Just suck it up, rock it. Because here's the thing: I, I truly believe this. I think I'm living proof of this. And I think Joel, you would, you would, you would. There's something to be said about confidence, 
right? Confidence, guys. Confidence is key. I'm not saying you have to look like shit, but you don't have to be. Uh, I'm trying to think of who's the hottest guy. Uh, Adam Levine is he the hottest guy? I don't know. You don't have to be that guy. I mean, it helps. Trust me. But you don't have to be that guy. Confidence. If you have confidence and be funny too, you got to be funny. Helps. Helps. Right. That helps too. Yeah. Agree. I think uh, again. Look at Jay White's Wrestle Kingdom entrance from last year and Jay White's Wrestle Kingdom entrance mm-hmm. from this year, and you see all the difference that the confidence makes. I agree 100%. You can walk in with a little swagger, walk in with a little Liam Gallagher, right? That helps. If you think you're fucking Liam Gallagher, it's helpful. Not always, but in certain situations, you just got to fucking, you're, you're, you're the rock and roll star. You got to be the fucking guy. You got you to gotta be confident. There's nothing worse than than a non-confident guy. It's terrible. You can't be that guy. Nobody, nobody will find you attractive. If you don't find yourself attractive, how would anybody else find you attractive? Right? That's not to say you can't work on yourself. Why am I talking about it? Who cares about this? <laughs> Dating you- advice with Joel and Damon. I know, really. Nobody gives a shit. Christ almighty. Uh, but yeah, confidence is key. That, that, that's what I'll wrap it up. Confidence is key. Okay, uh, the Shuffle Tag Tournament had a team of the great Kojika, 76 years old, and Sammy Guevara, 25 years old. They had some dumb name I don't recall I've had. How would you team up two NJPW wrestlers or alumni, assuming one has to be over 60 and the other has to be under 30? What's the best, weirdest, most cursed team you can come up with? Bonus points for a cursed team name too. I can't think of one off the top of my head. I think this would be fun to throw out to the listeners. So if you can come up with an NJPW tag team, um, past or present wrestlers, uh, with a combined age, I think the combined age, try and get over 100, and you get bonus points for that. But wow. uh, <laughs> off the top of your head, Damon, can you think of any hilarious or cursed tag teams with an old guy and a young guy? It's not without, like, creepy... Never mind. <laughs> um, um, I'm going to leave it to the listeners, because uh, our listeners are hilarious, and they're creative, and they're sick, and they're they're fucking nuts. So yeah, I think they would be better suited for this one. Off the top, um, got to go young and old. And how would they come? I like. I don't. I don't. I. I'm afraid to venture into this space. To be honest with you, because all I can think of is just like really inappropriate, creepy things. Sorry. No, you're gonna get us in trouble. Next yeah. question. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, the Mister Chocolate says. Uh, all right, Damon, you're convincing me to go to Japan. What are your tips for taking a trip there? Also, I heard there's 100 wrestling promotions in Tokyo. What? Can you guys confirm this? Okay. Here's my tip. One, stay at a good hotel, right? Don't, don't do a Japanese business hotel because it's not worth it because you want to relax and you want to be comfortable, right? Um so I like I, the business hotels. Just just throwing that out there for a, a really? counterpoint. Apple hotels. Yeah, well, we always stay in the Apple hotel. My only complaint about it is that you only get one pillow and it's not very comfortable. Uh, but aside from that, I don't mind being in a tiny room. But hey, your mileage may vary. Okay. Yeah. I, see, I need, I need that comp- compression area uh, where I can decompress. And I need a, I need a, I need a solid Western hotel. So it's worth it to me to spend a little bit more money that way. Um, 
two. If possible, and again, we're talking hotel, try to find one that where the airport limousine bus service drives directly to because you don't want to lug your fucking luggage, you know, on streets in Tokyo. It's just a pain in the ass, right? So, like, when I went this time, I had to take the bus to the Tokyo Dome Hotel, but my first night I stayed at Hotel Ninwa, which was not a bad hotel. Very good. Like, if you're doing more business side, Niwa, N-I-W-A, it real, I would recommend them. And it's close to Corkin and Tokyo Dome. You're right there. So if you're, go, if you're looking, that might be a good spot, right? Very nice hotel. Um, after that, I was at the Grand Hyatt in Shinjuku, um, which was very convenient. They had a shuttle bus that took you right to the station, so I didn't have to walk there. Nice. Um, so that would be number two. So find a hotel that, that literally they drop you off right at the hotel. Um, Grand Hyatt did that too because even on the way back, it's right from Narita to the hotel. Perfect. Uh, tip number three is don't worry about English so much, right, in the sense of, oh, I'm not going to understand everything. Trains, lots of restaurants have English menus. A lot of it is pointing and such, but you can get by not knowing much Japanese. If you want to learn some Japanese, great, but you don't. it's not a necessity. And then four um, – B, it's easy to get overwhelmed in a city like that. There are tons of people and tons of things to do. Um, play it by ear sometimes. Don't don't be intimidated by it. And just try different things. You, you can't go there with the mentality of, I'm, I'm going to eat McDonald's every fucking night. Don't, don't be that guy or girl. Be, be explore. Right? Don't be afraid to just walk into a fucking place that looks like, oh, my God, I would never walk into this place because I'm going to be honest with you. It might be the best fucking food you've ever eaten in your life. Um, it's that crazy. right? So um, that would be my advice. How about you, Joel? Um, everything that you said, I think uh, the reason I've got a different take on the hotels is because the first time I went to Japan, we ended up staying in hostels because we left it so late that everywhere was ridiculously expensive. So... By comparison, the business hotels were a big improvement on the hostels. So again, it totally depends what your budget is. Um, I like being within walking distance of Tokyo Dome and Karakuen Hall because I don't like having to sort of cram back on the subway, on the metro, after a show. So I always stay at the same place, the Apa Hotel in Jimbocho, which is about a 15-20 minute walk to Tokyo Dome. And I like having that little walk after a show so I can sort of reflect on it and think about it and buy lots of hot drinks from the vending machines that's my favorite part getting you know kind of onion consomme or corn chowder Mm, or a a tin of cocoa as i'm walking back in the cold and you know popping into the family mart or the 7-eleven to get some snacks um i miss it already how about the weather What's january weather is the best it's so good yes it's not bitter freezing cold so it's not like I mean, you have to wear a winter jacket, mind you. But the, the day of the dome, I mean, I just had like a like a like a sporty, blazery kind of thing on, and a scarf, and a, and a and a knit hat, and that's it. Like it was sunny. It was like you know, forty fifty degrees. You know, Fahrenheit. It wasn't that bad. Um, I mean, there were at night it gets more chilly, but the, there was it didn't. There, I don't think there, I saw a cloud the entire fucking week. It was brilliant blue skies. 
the entire trip. And I don't think I've ever been there where it's rained in the winter. The, the, you know, never. Um, so I, 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 will, I, I do have an update, too. I was able to bring back six strong zero. Six strong zeros are in my refrigerator right now. Which flavor? I have two lemon, two of the uh, – it looks like green apple, um, two grapefruit, and that's it. Yeah, two, two, two. Yep, yeah, that's what I got. I really like the grapefruit ones. See, I don't like grapefruit, period. Like, it's too bitter for me. The lemon one, I didn't, they didn't have any orange. They had the, the current kind, the Kieran ones, but I just wanted to, I wanted to do the legit strong zeros. And I can't, like, I just can't wait to crack that open. Just the, just, oh, it's going to be so great. Um, the problem is that the diet is still a little bit, because I brought back those waffles, and we had one last night. They were so fucking good. Oh, so good. So the treats there are great. Like, you're going to eat, uh, I'm, let's book it. Book it. Somebody give me money so I can book the trip right now. Let's do it. Let's go back. <laughs> All right. Uh, next question ties into this. Kevin says, uh, Joel, how much of a babysitter did you feel like with Damon, who obviously indulged too much on the strong zeros and high balls? Surprisingly, didn't happen. No? Uh, I, yeah. I, I don't know, Damon. You seem like a man who can handle his drink. I can't yeah. see you getting out of control. No. No, I take pride in that. I'm not. Like, if I'm going to get out of control, it's going to be in my hotel room. That's where I'll have a good cry. <laughs> That's it. Like I'll do that in private. No, I can. I, I take pride in being able to handle my drink. I'm not a messy drunk. That's for sure. I'm not a floppy, sloppy drunk. Um, I can be a little bit louder, maybe uh, a little bit more jokey, uh, a little bit more ball busting. But no, I'm not a. I'm not a. I'm not a. I'm. I, that's not me. I'm uh, like I'm a. I'm a. I'm a happy drunk. I'm a party drunk. I'm a let's have a good time drunk. Let's go for broke drunk. Um, but then when the party's over, that's the problem. That's where you don't want to be around me when the party's over. Yeah, the transition from let's go to Bad Luck Farley's party, Damon, and oh my God, I'm at Bad Luck Farley's party, Damon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's, uh, yeah, uh, actually it's, uh, let's go to Bad Luck Valley's party, and oh, I don't have a flight back home. That transition's not good. <laughs> That's not good when you're when you got a couple in you. Yeah. Uh, Tyler says Kevin Kelly referenced the yes lock during the junior title match. Could Daniel Bryan be the guy who makes a surprise debut at MSG? That Damon is thinking. I th- he's re-signed, or he's about to re-sign yeah, he's, with he, WWE. Yeah, he's, he's not going. No, Colin. He's not going. <laughs> <laughs> he's not going. To, he's not going to New Japan. All right, uh, Dan says the big four of New Japan collectively made up the last two Tokyo Dome main events. So that's Okada, Naito, Tanahashi, Kenny Omega. Which geo do you think left a greater impression or perhaps made a more significant impact to the long-term outlook of the promotion? What's, what's the question now? Of those four, who's made a longer impact? Which duo? So Okada, Okada, Naito or Tanahashi, Omega? Oh. Tanahashi, Omega. I think. I th- I think right. Don't you think? In what sense? I, we're talking. What do you about... think they did better at than Okada Naito? I thought it was a better match, and I, I I didn't hate Naito and Okada, but I thought I thought Tanahashi and Omega was a better match. Um, I I think long term story. I, here's the thing. I think. Maybe maybe it was the feel good moment 
of Tanahashi winning that that was missing in every other Wrestle Kingdom experience. Although I only had a handful, to be honest with you. Um, and Okada beating Omega the first time was was pretty good. But I think this was this was probably the biggest feel good moment and the first title change that I was able to see. Um, and I think that that title win has ramifications more throughout the year than Okada's wound up having, right? Okada's was significant because it continued to streak, um, allowed him to, to get to Kenny winning the title. But I think Tanahashi winning, and again, if, if things come to pass with Jay White, I think that's going to be a little bit more significant down the road in 2019 than Okada's win in 2018. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I just feel that Okada Naito, given that that story is not finished, might have more long-term traction. And I don't know, maybe it depends on who's looking at it. With the Japanese fans, maybe Okada Naito is more significant for the future, at least. Uh, whereas for Western fans, Tanahashi Omega is going to have more of a legacy. But um, we'll have to wait and see what comes about next year um next question do you see the rugby world cup 2019 causing much of an impact be it positive or negative useful or useless to new japan be that uh, being that the world cup takes place over the usual dates for the destruction and power struggle tours so i mean obviously we've got ryusuke taguchi um with his little rugby hat and rugby jersey throwing rugby balls but aside from that can you see any other impact upon new japan I mean, in in booking buildings or anything like that. I, I mean, I don't know how popular rugby is in Japan. Is it big? Uh, is it like I, I never don't really think so. see it? I don't. I mean, I mean, I was talking to my friend Saki about it, and she says no, it's not that big, and people are not really talking about it. But that was just one person I asked. Right. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I mean, I think the Olympics might have a bigger impact on G one and and buildings and, and booking shit out and, and, you know, having venues and all that stuff. And just the nightmare that the Olympics always brings, um, to any city. Um, yeah, I think the Olympics are are probably more on their radar than the rugby world cup. Um, next question. If Kenny does stay in new Japan, do you think he has a similar path of redemption to what it looks like Okada has be it that his reign was somewhat lackluster. I don't know, actually. I don't know, given that... I suppose it depends where his commitments are, but I can't see it, personally. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, I'm kind of struggling with that one myself. Uh, I, don't, I don't really see them in the, in the same kind of... overcoming adversity, right? I, I, get, I mean, I guess. I guess Kenny's it, yeah, the bad guy. Yeah, it does feel like that, but again, if your if your perception of Kenny is he's the guy that's changing the world and changing pro wrestling, and that's what I'm gravitating to, and you know he there is a redemption story there. Um, I don't think it's the same as an Okada redemption story, but I mean, like I said, if you're a fan of Kenny, I, I could see where 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 you could think that, and it's not the oddest thing, but yeah, I think they're kind of somewhat on a different scale of redemption stories. Uh, Vase Collector 420 says, is Tai Chi A, kayfabe singing during his entrance or B, kayfabe, it's just a karaoke spot for funsies, uh, the second one. And what do we make exactly of Yujiro's quote-unquote pimp hat? I know a bit about hats and such, and it's more of a flop hat 
than anything else. One might recall, of course, the godfather from WWF. He had better and more accurately depicted quote-unquote pimp hats, in my honest opinion. Does Yudro need a pimp hat upgrade? Um... <laughs> I'm going to go, no, I'm fine with the, 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 this current pimp hat. Uh, and then what was it? Tai Chi lip syncing. Yeah, he's lip syncing, right? He's not singing anything, right? The, the mic's not live. Just lip syncing. Yeah, but I'm sure he's got a beautiful voice, even if he does sing. That's what I want. When he finally wins the IWGP heavyweight title, he can give us a full rendition of his music. A live performance. That'd be nice. A like concert. Imagine that. Imagine a concert. With Moy Dick's Moyes. <laughs> I remember. Nice callback spot. I do remember that. You see, we're just like Gato. We're just the little details that uh, rewards the long-term listeners who pay attention to this shit. Absolutely correct. Boy, takes Oh, good stuff. All right, what else we got? A couple more questions. Uh, Kevin says, would you be pants down for a Yoshihashi heel turn on Okada January 29th and him joining the Bullet Club? He's the ultimate Fredo Corleone. Now, I did look into this. He's tagging together on New Beginning, Sapporo Night 2 with Tanahashi... Uh, against Chase Owens, Bad Luck Farley, and Jay White. And then we're getting Yoshihashi and Honma versus Chase and Yujiro for the Osaka show. So I don't think anything's going to happen before those. I was speculating to you during the New Year dash that I thought we were going to have the big angle being Yoshihashi turning on Okada, but it didn't happen. Do you think we're going to get it at some point? I thought really... Well, I, mean, I mean, I can't say never say never, but I really thought that Corkin was going to be the spot uh, too. And that didn't happen. So if it wasn't going to happen there, where, where usually you have that's an angle show, um, I can't say it's not going to happen. But yeah, looking at that lineup, I, I I don't see it happening there either. Yeah, I think they missed the boat on that. Um, all right, so we have a few people asking about this double dome thing going for Wrestle Kingdom. So Matt says, with two nights at the dome for Wrestle Kingdom next year, how would you organize the shows? A normal kingdom slash dash style with a very empty dome for dash or two nights of Wrestle Kingdom, which dilutes the quality and excitement for each. Uh, Low Magician says, besides the seemingly inevitable Naito versus Okada, what other matches would you like to see in the two dome shows? And Marky Versace, do you think next year we'll have a new year dash after the two nights at the Dome or will everything be done by the second show? Way too early to know, but three nights in a row would be nuts and amazing. Someone suggested the idea of maybe them running a tournament for the IWGP heavyweight title. So night one, you get the two semifinals and night two being the finals, but that would be very difficult to work out with the G1 and all that. So um, any early thoughts on how they play these two Dome shows? Do we get a dash? What kind of main events are we looking at well here's the thing like i I would think both shows have to be significant and important and impactful because you can't do a dome dash or and and then a dash dome right um because everybody's going to want tickets to the one show why would you why would you want you know what i mean like if you had to choose between the two you got to make them equally stacked so i you know, on the surface, I think the easiest way to go is, you know, heavyweight title defense and intercontinental title defense, splitting them up between the two shows. Um, a tournament of some kind is a good idea. I hadn't heard that. Um, it does make things interesting, but it just still makes night two more of a hotter ticket than night one. I would think that you would want, you know, equal buzz for both nights. Because again, you're fit, you're trying to fill the rent on that building is very high. It's not a cheap building to run, 
So you got to make it worth your while. You don't want to lose money in this deal. Got to make it interesting. And I think the only way you do that is make important, impactful main events um, and making that each card significant. That's hard to do because, you know, back-to-back nights. You're, you're gonna, you know you're going to have undercard tag matches, it feels like. That was my biggest concern when they announced it, is that are, are we going to get, because usually Wrestle Kingdom is stacked. Are you going to get two watered-down shows? And I say watered-down, you know, comparatively. I don't know. I think I, I really feel like you need to have strong main events for both nights for it to be successful. Mm, okay. I'm going to stick with a prediction. Let's go um, Ibushi Omega night one, and then Okada Tanahashi night two. You're putting a lot of Let- you're putting a lot of stock in Kenny staying. A lot of the stock is is in Kenny staying. I mean, seriously, a lot of this conversation today has been revolved around Kenny Omega hopefully staying. Kenny Omega's got to stay. Does he have to stay? I think he stays. Does he have to stay? What, from New Japan's oh, outlook? Yep. No. No? I think I think they would be I, I okay think, if he I, didn't. I think they'll be okay, but I'm just letting you, you... Every scenario we have of selling out buildings, Madison Square Garden is already sold out, but to get the buzz, G1 in Dallas, two nights at the Tokyo Dome, there's nobody's name who's come up more than Kenny Omega. Just yeah, saying. he's a draw. Like uh, Whatever you think of him, he... Puts bums in seats. You can't okay. argue with that at all. Okay, so the, now I'll ask again: Does New Japan have to sign Kenny Omega? If they want to continue this upward trajectory, yes. Okay. I think without Kenny Omega, if he cuts ties with them and doesn't work for them again, then that's going to be a big blow to their hopes for Western expansion. Okay. I mean. I, I, and all I'm saying is is that every every card we've speculated on and every future plan that we have speculated on and I'm and I'd be real curious to hear what you, you all think listening what do you think I usually don't care <laughs> but now I do <laughs> I want to know it it does and and the only reason I'm saying this is because again we 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 spent two hours talking about speculation on and and show Kenny Omega's name has come up every time. So I ask, does New Japan have to sign Kenny Omega? And I'm it sounds like yeah, sounds like yeah. Well, those are all the questions from the Discord. Just the questions oh, from the Discord, Damon. So if you want to get your question bumped up the queue. Discord questions get priority. You got to join the Discord. I like this. I like mm. this. That's, I think I mean, that's listen, fair. We got it. We got to start ranking them, right? Got to start ranking them. All right, give me, um, give me two Twitter, two Twitter. Because what we've talked for two hours and twenty six minutes now. Sam seems like there's a lot of talent leaving New Japan, but who do you see joining in 2019 to reload the roster? Cheeseburger. <laughs> Starting there. Um, look, I... I, I Do, sorry, like, I, I want to interrupt here. Do you know something about this MSG thing, or is this just 
your gut feeling. You don't I, have to tell me who, okay. who it is, but uh, I, here's the thing: I don't know who it is. Uh, let me be very clear in, in saying I don't know who it is. I will tell you that I've been told by two separate people that they are being very aggressive when it comes to signing new talent in 2019. Now, that could be uh, – uh, what that means, I don't know. I don't know if that means they're, they're, they're going after WWE people whose contracts are expiring or they're going after Japanese talent that are in other promotions in Japan and signing them. That I, that I cannot answer. I, all I know is that aggressiveness, um, that, that that is going to be a focus. That's all, that's all I've been told by two, two separate people who, who, who don't know each other. Let, let, me, let me say that, too, who don't know each other. Okay, so outside of that, are there any names that you see in other promotions where you think they are targeting? Could or should be New Japan bound this year? Um, I don't know. No, no, I don't. I'll leave it at that. How about that? <laughs> no, I don't see. I don't have any names um, that that are definitive names that had that that they have made contact with and that they're bringing in i i that i don't have um there are there was one name that they that um that has been mentioned to me twice that um that there there, there was interest in that i don't know has been worked or not worked out and this person is not in the WWE um, currently, but is a name that everybody knows. Okay, can I <laughs> ask more questions about that, or do I have to leave it there? I mean, I don't. I mean, because here's the thing. Again, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I, I, but I'll be honest with you. I don't know. Like, I can't say the name. Because here's the thing, I don't even know if it's if it's true or not. But I but the, the name the same name was given to me. Actually, there were two names. Um, one name was given to me. I, I I just feel like a fucking jerk off because I'm like I can't. I, yeah, ask the question. Uh, were they a rubbish UFC fighter? Possibly. <laughs> I'll say no more. Okay, there you go. All right, uh, last question to wrap it up. Um, tell us about uh, Liam says. Tell us about the food you ate in Japan. So give us, give me the oh. greatest hits, the meals that you really enjoyed in Japan. Um, I'm a big fan of the tonkatsu, right? So um, especially with the curry, right? So I had some really great uh, tonkatsu curry. I had um, again, I was I, I don't know how it's pronounced, but it's like a flash fried steak, but it was like marbleized and so fatty, and you, you put it on these little little stones that were hot right and you fried them real quick flash fried them like 15 seconds each side that's frazier took us to this fucking hole in the wall um it was delicious oh my god um that was great that was really great um 
but even something as simple as like convenience store onigiri is so good. Like it's just right, you know, fit you know, like like a tuna shoved in a rice ball with seaweed wrapper. Just so it's like super cheap. Um, what else? Ramen. Oh, there's a there's a shop. There's a ramen shop right near the dome, right across the street from um, the hub at Tokyo Dome City. Across the street, little shop right on the corner. The ramen is so fucking good. I go there every time. It is just delicious. Um, that was off the charts. Um, how about you, man? What 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 you have? Well, first night we got there, we went to I think it's Matsuya, which is like a I think it's an all night diner. The sort of standard foods, and because we arrived quite late, Mali had this delicious beef hot pot, and it was kind of sweet and almost had a sort of caramelly taste. Mm. I had two dinners because I was I'm a big fat pig uh, I had uh, like a, a rice bowl with pork and spicy sauce and green onion and a poached egg on top and I also had like a little hot pot thing with grilled chicken and I think it was like kimchi spicy sauce and cheese on top we had an amazing trip to the Tsukiji I think it's Tsukiji fish market and they were serving these little tuna bowls where you have the rice three different oh, kinds of tuna yeah. the lean tuna the uh, medium tuna and the fatty tuna that was so good like mm. Japanese Fresh tuna just blows my mind how delicious it is. Uh, we had some barbecue, uh, barbecue scallops. We had oysters there. The strawberries were great. I had um, a little skewer of barbecued wagyu beef, which was delicious. Oh, and um, the unagi, the eel, the marinated eel. Uh, the squid was good. Uh, I'm just going through my photos here. Yakitori. I love going to little smoky yakitori bars and having skewers. I like all the weird stuff, you know, like the, the gizzards the and yeah. the hearts and yeah, all, all the like, intestines and anus or whatever. Yeah, it is you like that? that? You like me. anus? Delicious. Yeah, I, I just go with a special. You know, they'll always yeah. have like a special, you know, mixed five different kinds of chicken yakitori or, or Joel five walks out. Up, Joel, no anus. Ah, I'm out. <laughs> I, need, I, need, I need a little chew on a rubbery anus. <laughs> Uh, what else? We also went to, with our friend Saki, we went for a day trip, which is really lovely to a place called, I think it was called Misaki, where you get a train, it's like one hour out of Tokyo, and this is the famous fishing village for tuna. And we had um, a lovely, like a chirashi don, with, with a, you get the bowl with the rice and all the sliced fish on top. So there were two different kinds of tuna, and the uni, the sea urchin. I don't, have you ever had uni? It yeah. looks like... Um, yep. Like an orange. It looks like diarrhea. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it just, I, it was the first time I tried it. I have been offered it before, but I've always turned it down. But it, it just, it tastes like the ocean, doesn't it? Yeah. It's a really unique flavor. So that was very memorable. Ugh. And it, like everything's like, <sighs> even the most simple of things, right? So there was this like, um, it's like a pound cake. And inside, it's like, so take a piece of pound cake and fold it, right? And then in, or like a sponge cake. And like inside is like this this like here's what they do really well, and this is what we were I was saying last night. Like the the sweets aren't overly processed sweet, right? So it's not like an American sweets in the sense of oh my god, you just like sugar overload. It's just enough sweet to make it delicious and not overpowering. And it had this. Cream. So it's not too sweet, is what right. you're telling me. Ah, I get you. And the strawberries are like no other strawberries. Like they just pop with flavor. And I had one that had banana in it. Oh, it was so fucking good. Um, oh, I had 
these steamed buns. And it was a beef curry steamed bun, right? So I had a steamed one. But then there was a place in Shinjuku um, when I went just for for the day. And it was fried. So they took the bun. They fried it. They, they coated it in like panko. Fried it. But it was inside was this beef curry. And it was like these real thick pieces of beef. Oh, I almost, oh, I got a boner just thinking of it. So good. Ah, oh, that was so good. Fuck me. I want to go back right now. The food there <laughs> it's is It's midnight so here, and you've made me really hungry. I'm starving right now. I'm dying. Ah, oh, so good. The, that was, that, that was, I told, I told everybody I knew. I was like, this fucking place. Next time we go, I'll, I'll, we'll go that, I'll, I know exactly where it is. Um, we'll go there. Oh, right across, like right next to, this should be just food podcast. Um, so right in Shibuya, right in a real busy section, um, there's like, it was a Genki sushi, right? The conveyor belt sushi, right? But right across, so I went there cause I always go there just for a quick pop, but then right across there's this place, it's chicken, right? So they're like chicken fingers and then they have all these different sauces. It's a stand. It's like a yellow stand. Um, but they fresh batter and everything handmade, so it's nothing sitting there. Like they just make per order. Oh my god, I got like a small order. It was so good. It was the best chicken fingers I've ever had in my life. And they had like this sweet kind of sauce. Oh, and like oh, fuck me. I could eat. I could eat. I could. I here's the thing. I could spend all day there just eating and just make myself throw up. It's so good. Fuck. You gotta go, people. You, you gotta fucking oh, go. We're ending the show with bulimia. Yeah, we're, dear I, me. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're doing. Go. Don't want to make light of that. It's horrible stuff. Um, I do want to make one retraction and apology because I realized I've got something wrong in this episode. Uh, I said Wrestle One representative. I meant Zero One because I was thinking of uh, two completely different people. So um, T Hawk will not be appearing at the uh, Giant Baba Memorial Show. There you but go. Daisuke Sekimoto will. Yes. And that was the match that I was talking about. So in case anyone's listening going, oh, what are you talking about, Joel? I've just corrected myself. So Trust me, they've already, they've already tweeted us. They've, they, because people hear things and they're like, bang, 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 bang on the keyboard and they don't li- listen to the whole show before commenting. So yeah, we've already gotten hammered for that one. Ex- expect that one. <laughs> yeah, we've been cancelled. Yeah. Um, okay, so plugs. Pro Wrestling Tees, please buy our t-shirts because they're good. I've got two myself and all my friends are really impressed. Uh, buy the Voices of Wrestling end of year New Japan book review thingy. Uh, that's good because I get money from that. Uh, let's give a big thank you to editor Dan. Maybe a little something in the pipelines appearing. Some of editor Dan's work. Watch this space yeah. and also visit his YouTube channel 219 Films. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Good stuff on there. Lots of other good shows. Please give us a five snake review on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at the Super Jcast. Thank you everyone for listening and goodbye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.